<laughs> All right, and then I'm gonna. Can you hear me? Like, does my mic sound okay? Yeah. Okay, good. Cause there are times where I'm listening to myself. Do you ever like go do a playback of like what you record? And it's kind of like, what was that? Like, yeah, but I, I feel that way about my voice in general. So I'm not I can't even blame another microphone. I'm just like, oh, that's how I sound. <laughs> it's worse when like, like it's worse when your your own editor and you're like, dang, she never shuts off. Right, right. You're still talking. I think my videos are so painful because I'm just like, oh my god, I have to listen to myself. Because like, oh, I have to go back and edit this because no one else is gonna edit it like the way I want it to be edited. So now I have to edit it, but I have to listen to myself talk for like. Two hours. True. That's true. fine. I used to do like reaction videos, or I wanted to do reaction videos, but I knew I could never do them because, like, whenever I'd ask people to edit them for me, I'd watch it back and I'm like, mm, they didn't edit in the edit it in the way that I liked it. But then when I edit it, it's like, I'm five minutes in, I'm ready to give up. I'm ready to throw in the towel. I actually hate my voice. I never knew this until now, but I cannot stand to hear myself talk. Alright, uh, let's get started. Um, hi guys, welcome and welcome back to the podcast. I've been meaning to watch that. I am your host, Monica, and I am joined again with another great host. Another week, another good host. Another good guest. Another great co-host, if you will. Guest, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the people. Go ahead and tell them about yourself, you know? Yes, ma'am. My name is Tristan Evans. I'm known on Twitter and uh, YouTube as Tristan Circa 89. Uh, I am a pop culture writer and film critic. I write for the website Geek Vibes Nation. I also write for the website The Cinema Spot. Um, I also have a YouTube channel, again, Tristan Circa 89. And I just love films, I love books, comics, everything pop culture. And I'm really excited to be here today to talk about horror movies we shouldn't have seen as children because I have a ton of them. Yes, <laughs> we'd love to see it. Guys, it is spooky season, and if you notice, um, I'm starting spooky season off late. Don't get on my case, okay? Your girl has a life outside of this podcast, okay? Not everyone can be a full-time influencer, all right? Not all of us got it like the read, okay? So, spooky season is going to be extended from October to November. You're welcome, all right? But for this spooky season podcast, like Tristan just said, we're going to be talking about Movies we shouldn't have seen when we were younger, because we all remember being a young child and watching movies with your parents, or like if you're me, going to a family friend's house and they're watching a scary movie and you just kind of like pretend you're getting juice, but really you're just like watching the movie even though you're scared, you're still kind of like intrigued by like whatever's going on on screen, you know. So we're gonna get into that and talk a little bit about those, but before we get into that. We're going to talk about, uh, we're going to go into the segment, Can't Wait to Watch, which is a, a segment on the show where we talk about movies and TV shows that we can't wait to see that are coming out soon. And one movie I can't wait to see that's coming out in February of next year is Quantumania. Ant-Man, Marvel, is coming, it's happening, and I'm very glad that Quantumania is coming out in February. I realize now that... Black Panther's coming out in November. I don't think there's any Marvel releases for December. Maybe there's going to be like a Disney Plus something. I know Echo's supposed to come out this year too. Because She-Hulk's about to end. and Or She-Hulk did end. 
Yes, it ended. It ended. I honestly, I'm gonna be honest, I didn't watch She-Hulk, but that's because I'm more of a Marvel fan for, like, the comics. Like, <laughs> I like the superhero kind of thing. I'm not one of those people who's gonna be like, oh, She-Hulk is ruining the MCU because that's overdramatic. Okay? It's a show. Calm down. So what if she twerked with Megan Thee Stallion? You wish you were her. All right? Right. You can't breathe the same air as Megan Thee Stallion. So how about you sit down and chill out for a minute, okay? It's fine. It's a TV show. Tatiana Maslany is amazing. Do I wish that Bruce Banner had his own standalone movie? Yes, I do. But maybe Bruce Banner, maybe Mark Ruffalo doesn't want that. You know, he's living his life. He's like, I've been in all these freaking movies. He's like, I'm good. You know, he wants to help people, you know. And you know what? He does need his own movie or his own something because if you go watch the end of She-Hulk, he, he shows up in the last episode. Mm-hmm. And it's who he shows up with and how he introduces that person that's going to have you like, wait, uh-uh, Marvel, y'all not just going to skirt past that. Like, <laughs> we didn't notice what he just said. So that's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him next because you could probably go online and find it, but it, it was just who he introduces. He's just like, oh, yeah, this is such and such. And we're like, wait, what? Okay, so, well, yeah. now I have to watch the show. Yes, Because I, I can't, be, I hate spoilers. I've crafted my timeline to the point where, like, spoilers are, like, a thing of the past. But I have to watch She-Hulk now because Marvel loves to do this thing where they introduce new characters at the end. And it's like, you're not going to explain it thoroughly in your movie. And I have to watch through, like, every single episode of a new show in order to get a thorough explanation of it. So, you know what? Fine. That was the problem I had with uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Because I had friends who didn't see WandaVision. Mm-hmm. So they were like, so the last time they saw Wanda was like, what, Infinity? No, 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 uh, Endgame. So they're like, when did she have kids? I was like, oh, yeah, you didn't watch WandaVision. When did she have kids? I was like, oh, yeah, you didn't watch that show, did you? I said, And I was like, well, that is an issue, because people are like, but where are these kids coming from? Yeah. So I think that is an issue that I don't think, I don't see how they can rectify that issue. And it doesn't look like, like they're too concerned about it, but it's like these movies and TV shows are so interconnected. Mm-hmm. Some people aren't going to watch the shows. So how Marvel do you... Marvel is get... relying on you to, like, consume all of their content not only consuming all their content they want you to look at like screen rant articles they want you to watch new rock stars they want you to go through the 107 different easter eggs that you miss in this episode of moon knight like they want you to like be obsessed and marvel movies like they are like really taking a hold of nerd culture and fandom culture where people have the deep obsession and they want to know every little thing and what could happen next and trying to predict things that are going on because it was like I don't think it was literally a surprise to me when Namor I think his name is popped up in Black Panther 2 but that's because I have watched Screen Crush to the point where like it's just right there like after you watch an episode of a Marvel show that Screen Crush video is the first thing in your recommended because that's what they want. They want you to just be, like, completely tied to their content and, like, everything that they make. And, of course, there are people who are casual viewers on Marvel who don't really know everything that's going on. But it's the people that go back and, like, rewatch stuff that, like, they really want to pull in the audience. And I'm not going to lie. Like, I feel burnt out sometimes by everything that Marvel's putting out. But you literally telling me that, like, there is a new character being introduced and She-Hulk, and now I'm like, well, now I have to watch it. Now I have to watch it, because I brought something back for the comic book fans, and now I gotta see, you know? Yeah. 
So yeah, it's, it's definitely like you being a fan of the comics, when yeah, you're definitely gonna know like who this is. Not there's no ambivalence about who this character is. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, but I'm excited about Ant Man: Quantumania. I'm, I'm excited for. I'm also excited for um, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Mm-hmm. One problem I keep having with the MCU, and I, I mean like it's. I mean the comics did the same thing when you know Stanley and all those old time comic book writers were building this universe. How it, like things just mysterious to keep popping up like. You know, um, when, uh, what was that, in one of the Thor movies where he was like, in the post-credit scenes, he was like, oh, Earth has wizards now. He's like, how did I not know Earth had wizards? Like, this idea that things just keep being introduced, but it's like, oh, they were in hiding, and nobody knew about it. And and I feel like, realistically, after those aliens attacked New York in Avengers, that would have been, like, all the secret creatures probably would have emerged after that. At least that's just my opinion. Um, So, like, I, I loved Moon Knight, but I'm like, really? But they haven't figured out there's monsters running around. And then, so I say all that to say Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Okay, so it's been this entire race of underwater, this whole underwater civilization. They're just now emerging. Like, but shield, and no one figured it out. But like, also, really? like, Wakanda has been hidden for, like, years and years and years. And, like, not a lot of people knew about Wakanda. Or, like, they, That's true. they knew it That's was true. a country, but they thought it was a poor country. They didn't realize it was one of the richest countries in the world and had one of the most, like, um, strongest metals. And that's also the thing with, um, I don't remember which movie this was, but it was the end of, I think it was the end of Spider-Man, when we see, uh, Samuel Jackson, Nick Fury, and mm-hmm. it's not Nick Fury. <laughs> it's a freaking, yeah. it's a, I forget the name, it's a scroll. Uh, scroll, yeah. It's a scroll. And then they're like, Oh, huh? And so then that brings in Secret Invasion possibly being a new plot line for Phase 4 and then bringing in the Marvels, of course, and where that's going to go. And I think Marvel just likes to do these plot twists, especially in their end credit scenes, you know, to draw up the hype, to get people interested, to get people engaged, to have people talking about it, to have people theorizing once again, engaging in the fandom culture. And a lot of times, you know, like, it's just to kind of, like, have normal people be like, well, not to see the next movie, because I have no idea what's going on. Like, how is Nick Fury green now? When did this happen? What's going on? You know, and if you didn't see Captain Marvel, you'll have no idea what a scroll is. So it's just, like, trying to get people to connect the dots. You know. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see update how this plays out going forward because like I said I feel like it's an issue that's only going to get worse and it, it'll be interesting to see how people um, you know receive it how people react to it I think it's just going to be more so okay you don't like how Marvel keeps surprising us essentially is that it? not necessarily surprising but it's like it's not really the surprising part it's just like this whole idea that I guess it's kind of ridiculous to sit back and say, like, for one thing, so them not knowing about the multiverse and there's all these other worlds and stuff like that, and you can't even really say they didn't know those exist because they knew Asgard existed and, and stuff. It's, I think it's just this idea of, like, the the, the possibility of the fact, like like I said, the, the fact that they didn't know about this underwater civilization. Like, really, all this technology that S.H.I.E.L.D. has, y'all, y'all knew that there were other worlds well, and planes Well, the superheroes don't didn't. know that. The people at S.H.I.E.L.D. maybe do, but let's be honest, the only person at S.H.I.E.L.D. they talk to is Coulson. And Coulson probably didn't know that too. That's probably above his pay grade. And we don't even see Coulson in the most recent movies. So it is likely that they didn't know that 
there was like a secret world, Atlantis, Wakanda, the Scrolls, because they really just know what they know, and like what they know isn't a lot, to be perfectly honest. Like, Thanos was kind of introduced in the first Avengers movie with the infin with the Tesseract that contained the Infinity Stone, and even then it was still like we were still building up to it. Like, the story was still being made, it was still being written, it was still being, like, brought forth to us. You know, just, like, introducing things slowly. So, I think that... I don't know, I think I already, <laughs> I already said how I think feel about it, really. Yeah, Marvel just likes to, you know, draw people in and just kind of be like... Take it, take it, take yeah, it the little yeah. nugget, take the little nugget, take it. You know? Uh, I am excited for Quantumania. I'm excited for Kang. Uh, Jonathan Majors is the new, uh, you know, he's, I'm not going to say new white boy of the month because that's not accurate, but he is the new, like, I guess sex symbol is right, a good right. word. He's that equivalent of what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> he's the closest thing a black man is going to get to that. I think Jonathan Majors is going to become the new Michael B. Jordan. As in, he's a new black actor that everyone knows and finds attractive. Mm-hmm. The only I, thing I is that he's a good that. actor. So, you know, we like that. I think that as well. I, I agree with you, that statement. I feel like Jeremy, I don't know if you know who Jeremy Pope is, but he's, I just yes. saw a movie. He, I feel like he's another one that could be up there. Oh, my with Like gosh. Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors. I'm a huge fan of Jeremy Pope, so that's another actor Jeremy I'm moving for. Pope. But Creed, but that Creed, uh, speaking of Michael B. Jordan, hmm. not Mike, yeah, well, Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors, Creed 3, that trailer looks amazing. I also want to say, Kelvin Harrison Jr., he was in Waves. He is also another oh, actor that would that. like to see him and stuff. Like, there, are watch so, there are so many, like, young black men that are acting now, but a lot of the roles they have are in very good films, just not well-known films, you know? <laughs> and it's going to be, like, that one role in, like, the next, like, franchise film or whatever, or the next, you know, big TV show that's really going to be, like, their breakout role. But not really their breakout role. It's just, like, breakout into the mainstream audience. <laughs> because Jeremy Pulp was in Hollywood, which was a Netflix show, and it was directed by Ryan Murphy. So that is something of a popular show. But not everybody watched Hollywood. Mm-hmm. You know, if he's in a movie like Red Notice or like Top Gun, then that's going to be different. You know what I mean? Like, Homeboy who was in Top Gun... Hold on. He's a white man. He was also in the movie Set Up... Set It Up on Netflix with um, Lucy Hale and... <laughs> I forget who else oh, I didn't know you talking about. Was he also on that show Scream Queens? If this is if this yes! is the guy I'm thinking, Glenn Powell. Okay, yes, Glenn Powell. I like him. I like yes. him. I was actually I was on his like his Twitter or something or Instagram. Yes. I like him. He's been acting for a long time, and no one like mm-hmm. really knows like you don't really know who he is. Like you just see him and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. But him being a Top Gun kind of like gave him like oh this is Glenn Powell in so and so and when what in like it kind of gives you that like. Boom factor. You know what I mean? He was also in Hidden Figures, which I didn't know that. Oh, he was in Hidden Figures! Oh! I remember that now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Watch, I've seen bits and pieces of Hidden Figures. I need to finish that. I need to actually go watch the entire thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jonathan Majors, though. He's a rising star. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy It's Pope so strange to call actors rising stars when they're like 
over. Well, they've been years. around. Yeah. There's, there's been articles about that, like when, or even like, not even just that, like actors. I've seen that in like the publishing industry with novelists, mm-hmm. um, like just different in different forms. You uh, definitely see it in music too. Because whenever yeah. there is, like, the new artist category, it's always people who've been making music for years. Like, Lizzo has been making music for years. Like, the album that she just released is not even, like, her first album that she's released. Like, Truth mm-hmm. Hurts got popular a year after it was released. And then there it's are people, like... Also, Kate Tandra, or Kate Tr- 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 Chandra, I forget how to say that name. He was breakout artist for BET one year, but he has been producing music... Four years. He's been producing music for people who have won BET awards. So it's like, what's going on here? You know, it's like that I, weird thing of like, yeah. yeah. I once heard there's no such thing as a uh, overnight success, and like seeing all these people, I believe that it's like it'll seem like an overnight success, but it's like you know there's like a decade of hard work behind that. Yeah, it's a lot of just like taking on as many roles as you can and just trying to like keep at it because like his breakout role for Jonathan Majors was the last black man in San Francisco and not a yeah. lot of people saw that movie even though it was a very good movie it's yeah. a very good yeah I'm very happy for him and I'm very excited to see what's gonna happen with his character Kang and I know he's gonna be like very charismatic very like I feel like he's going to be a better villain than Thanos just because Thanos is just kind of like on his genocidal kind of mission and like Jonathan Majors is kind of less on that but more of like his conqueror kind of style but I know he's gonna be like funny not funny but like charismatic and just like persuasive I think like there are certain people where like the way they speak it just kind of draws you in and I feel like he's gonna play that character very very well yeah one thing I think is really interesting about the way they set Kang up you know the version of Kang appeared in Loki. That's a different. I'm pretty sure that's a different version because that, that's his whole thing. Cause like that version of him appeared in Loki, and then in the Young Avengers, which I've been saying Young Avengers is coming because in Quantumania, Cassie Lang is suiting up. And she's oh a yeah, part of Young Avengers is definitely Avengers. coming. Even in that series, there's a character named Iron Lad who turns out to be a younger version of Kang. So I'm like, the fact that all this is happening right now, Cassie Lang is suiting up. We're getting the other Young Avengers. I was like, Young Avengers must be coming sooner than we think. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like that's integral into the Young Avengers story is that their leader, Iron Lad, turns out to be a younger version of Kane. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like just the idea of various versions of Kane running around. I mean, the key to defeating him may be getting one his his younger version to do it. You know, so there's just so much they can play around with, with different incarnations of Kane running around. So I can't wait to see how this plays out. I am very excited to see what's next for the MCU. Um, I do know that like during the summer, there are a lot of MCU shows coming back to back to back. And um, <clears throat> I'm just trying to like... I'm like one of those fans where it's like, I'm going to watch. I'm going to tune in. I'm going to watch. I'm going to support it. You know, I'm going to have an open mind. We're going to see what happens. The only MCU thing I haven't watched in full is She-Hulk and Hawkeye. And that's just because I'm not a huge Jeremy Renner fan. But this, like, Marvel knew. Marvel was like, look, Jeremy Renner's in the show. It's called Hawkeye. However, 
her Haley Seinfeld is in it. And we love Haley Seinfeld. Like she was a pop girly. She's a really good actress. And she's very problematic. She doesn't do anything. She just she books her gigs and then she goes home. That's all she does. Like even when you like look at blind items, I don't know if you like read blind items, but like Haley Haley Seinfeld only has nice blind items. Like, only kind items. Like, she's literally one of the sweetest people ever. Same with Sydney Sweeney. She only has nice blind items. And, well, it's different now ever since the barbecue pictures came out about her and her family. But, you know, we don't have to get into that. We don't have to get into that. But, you know, Marvel is obviously like, listen, guys. Hawkeye, yes, Jeremy Renner is in it. Yes, he makes music for Ford commercials. We get it. We know. And he's kind of, he was kind of abusive to his ex-wife. However... Florence Pugh is also there. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Wilson Fisk is always in there. Wilson Fisk. Which means what? Daredevil. And you guys wanted the Netflix Daredevil. So, gimme, gimme, gimme. Gimme the streams. Gimme, gimme, gimme. It's like, Marvel knows what they're doing. You know, so. I'm very excited for Ant-Man. And I also have always been a fan of Ant-Man. I love Ant-Man. I love Paul Rudd. I love the Ant-Man movies. And everyone who never watched the Ant-Man movies, you feel really stupid right now. Don't you? Ha! Huh? You feel really stupid, because when he showed up in uh, Adventure's Endgame with his little truck, y'all were like, what's that? And if you watched the last two movies, you would know. Hmm. I always love the Ant-Man movies because, especially, I remember I always I was telling someone, especially the second one, well, I mean, both the first and the second one, um, had this feel like they felt so different than what was already going on in the MCU, and by that I mean, they, were, they felt like heist films set in the world of superheroes, and I was like, and I was like, that's so cool because that can give us that shows that MCU can do other genres like in this massive superhero universe we can get heist movies with um you know wherever by night we kind of got a horror thing so I'm like I want to see more of these genre these other genres existing in the MCU at large but yeah I was a huge fan of Ant-Man because it really set itself apart from the other MCU movies at the time yeah Marvel's Um, having a lot of fun playing the different genres like with the special presentation of the werewolf, kind of like short film they had, but also with Sam Remy's, um, you know, Doctor Strange film feeling more like a horror movie, playing on those different elements is really what is, it's really showing that Marvel is trying something different. They're not just trying to do the cookie cutter superhero movies, which they still are kind of doing, but they want to play around a bit. Like, Ant-Man was a more comedic film because Marvel movies can be funny and they have jokes in them but Ant-Man was a comedic film like it was full of comedy and of course it was comedic because Paul Rudd before doing Marvel movies did movies like American Pie and like role models (laughs) like he was he's a comedian he's a comedic actor so of course you're gonna play to his strengths and then having um Evangeline Lilly who is known from Lost and then Dang, I forget the guy who was also in that movie. But a homie who was also... Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. The Michael Douglas. Michael... <laughs> Not just like the Michael Douglas. <laughs> Michael, Douglas Michael Douglas. Who was, you know, a prolific dramatic actor being mm-hmm. in that film as well. It's it's just them kind of like playing around and having fun with it, you know. Yes. But um, is there anything that you can't wait to see this coming out soon? Um, the only thing, like, the only two I can really think of are like Black Panther and Quantumania. Mm-hmm. Those really kind of my top two um, for now, yeah. Yeah, I would have to agree because I know there's a lot of stuff coming out right now. Um, I just simply don't have the time to watch it anymore. 
Like, right. it's just not... There's so much coming out all the time on every little streaming service. And, like, I just recently finished watching this show called The Watcher. On Net- yes? Somebody had been in a car. I want to go to the... To the place where she is. was like to see a kangaroo. Okay. And what are you doing? I'm in a meeting right now. Is she okay? Yeah. Okay. Okay. My sister got into a fender bender. So oh, is she okay? I, I think so. <laughs> I think, I hope so. Right, right. Yeah, I'll check on her when she gets home. But... <laughs> I'm also sorry my mom always interrupts me when I'm recording. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. Like, that's important. Like, no, you're good. Uh, yeah, okay. It'll be... She'll, I'm sure she's fine. I'll check in on her when she comes home. But, yeah. Don't act like I don't care about my sister. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no, 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 no. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm like, it's, it's, I have two younger sisters, so it's like that sibling thing. You're like, okay, are they, are they good? Are they good? Like, do I need to get up and head over there or not? You have kind of gauge, yeah. like, I'm concerned, I'm concerned, but how concerned do I need to be? <laughs> yeah. Are we okay? So I got you, I got you. Yeah. Um, I think the only thing I want to see is stuff just I haven't watched yet. Like, A League of Their Own, it's an adaptation oh, well, on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Amazon Prime actually has, like, a lot of really good new movies and TV shows out. Amazon Prime, I feel like that's a streamer that you don't... I feel like that's kind of slept on a little it bit. It is. They have some really good stuff. It is. And they might just be... I mean, they're definitely going to rise now that HBO Max is... is destabilized. Because HBO Max, for a second there, was really about to be that... It was really that streamer. But mm-hmm. I'm like... What they got going over there at the WB is kind of ruining that. So. Yeah. I, I really just can't get into it. But I really do hope that Amazon Prime kind of gets a little bit more shine because like a lot of the shows that they have on there are very different and just like genuinely original like amazon prime is actually like making a lot of films that feel like adaptations of like ya romance novels which i'm not mad at because they actually look good and they look Mm -hmm. interesting uh in comparison to netflix that has the kissing booth and the addison ray movie and like barely any good like romantic movie shows and all those terrible romance uh dating reality shows like love is blind <laughs> three is is like a thing i haven't and watched any of those there was a clip i saw on tiktok of a guy who started putting teardrops in his eyes to make him look like he was crying and they kept no. the full clip in of him putting in the teardrops <laughs> and it was, like going oh, oh, oh. I don't know why she did this. It's like they didn't edit that out, my guy. They did not edit that out. They did. They don't want make. They don't want you to look good. They want you to look like a fool. They want you to look ridiculous. They want you to embarrass. Like you remember that man? There was a guy in season two of Love Is Blind, who was Indian and very, very misogynistic. He was awful. Okay, yeah, I've never seen. I've never seen Love Is Blind. Okay. Yeah, another, another <laughs> I was going to say, uh, Netflix does crank out those young adult coming-of-age movies because I've reviewed several this mm-hmm. year. Um, Along for the Ride. Um, what is that other one with Jordan? 
God, was can't even remember. I'm, I'm forgetting his name. He was in like the To All the Boys I Loved Before the Second mm-hmm. One. Uh, yes, Jordan. What is his name? But he was in one not too long ago. Really? Like yes, and it was it was a, it was an adaptation of a YA book. And you know, because I was supposed to review it, but then I got I fell behind on my reviews and I ended up just forgetting about it. But um, because did you have oh have you seen Do Revenge? Because the girl oh. that he, who's in that movie with him, she was in Do Revenge. She's I, like she was an opening character. I've been meaning to watch Do Revenge. Everyone says it's really good. I think the person you're talking it about is, is Jordan Fisher. Jordan Fisher. Yes, yes. Jordan Fisher. Who well, I like him. He was on the Flash too. Um, Jordan Fisher's a great actor. He is. He is. And he was in another movie called Work It. I think that was from last year though. But Netflix has oh, been cranking out. Work It was with Liza Koshy and Sabrina Carpenter. Was that that yes. movie? Yeah. He, oh he was gosh. in that last year too. That is literally straight from Awesomeness TV. I know it is. I know it is. Awesomeness TV at Wattpad Studios. Those movies. Wattpad. Oh, oh my gosh. I truly believe there's no way y'all are making money. You guys are like uh, money laundering. You guys are doing something. Y'all are embezzling money. I, I refuse to believe you're making money off these movies. I refuse to believe it. So there was a TikTok video of this girl at a concert. And she was reading a book, and she was like, I'm trying to live my real-life Wattpad story. It was so funny, because I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the beginning of several Wattpad stories. Like, a girl who's at a concert, but she's reading while everybody else is partying. But like, I just thought that was Don't laugh. waste my time. I will take your book and chuck it across the stage. I will like, hit somebody in the face with it. I was like, what in the Wattpad is she doing? But yeah. Girl. Oh, yeah, but yeah, some, several of those movies on Netflix are straight from Wattpad. But you know what? I love young adult coming of age stories. Like, that is my jam. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, it, even if it's, I'm going to watch, even if it looks terrible, I'm going to watch it because I just have an affinity for that. So, I'm always going to check it out. I definitely have to watch some of the ones on Amazon because a lot of them, I, the reason why I don't watch a lot of them is because they're mainly white people. And it's like, yeah. if y'all sprinkle in a little bit of diversity, I'll give it a chance. But, you know, it's it still looks good. Like, they still look pretty interesting for the most part. But, um, the Summer I Turned Pretty, that was a really good one. Oh, I haven't... I've seen that on uh, Amazon. Yeah, it's on, it's on Amazon. It's called The Summer I Turned Pretty. And it yeah. was it was made... The author whose books... Uh, she wrote... Her name is Jenny Hans. She wrote the To All the Boys I Loved Before. Oh, Okay. She the the show is based on the the summer turned pretty. They're also based on her books, but Je- the the author she actually was the screenwriter and showrunner for the summer turned pretty. So she had even more involvement in that, and they're doing a season two. I really enjoyed it. A lot of people probably thought it was cheesy, but I really enjoyed it. I mean, romance is cheesy. It's kind of <laughs> cheesy. Like romance is kind of cheesy. It, it is. That's like kind of a staple of the genre. But I mean, yeah, you can say that about a lot of things. So, so I don't think it's a bad thing. I'm like, I, I loved it. So that was yeah. definitely checked out. Like the there is a movie with Jennifer Lopez is in a lot of romance films now. Like yes. there's one she's in with Josh Dumal that starts out as a romance movie and it turns into like an action film. Like, I remember seeing the clip on TikTok. I don't remember the name. All I know is that when I saw that on TikTok, I was taken aback. All right? It was the wildest two minutes of my life. Watching, like, her about to get married. And next thing you know, SWAT team. And, like, I don't know. Everybody started to blow up the, the beach. And, like, suddenly, like, we're climbing a mountain. It's a lot. Like her, and then the movie she's in with Owen Wilson, and there's a movie with uh, uh, Frick Julia 
Roberts and George Clooney that's coming out, and then the movie with Sandra Bullock and um, Homeboy from Magic Mike, the bald man. I forget his name, but there has been a the recent... Julia Roberts, Julia Roberts and George Clooney movie. I know what you're talking about because mm-hmm. one of my colleagues reviewed that mm-hmm. this weekend, but I didn't know Jennifer Lopez was in that. Oh, you just no. meant that's a romance. You just meant like romantic comedy. Yeah, general. those are romantic. Okay. Those are like all the romantic comedies that have come out this year so far. So I think mm-hmm. romantic comedies are trying to make a resurgence. It's yes. not gonna be like You Got Mail. It's not gonna be like Monster in Law, you know. But they're trying to bring it back to the surface, and they're trying to bring it back. And I think that there are other things like Starstruck on HBO, Modern mm-hmm. Love. Those kind of TV shows, I feel like, do a lot more justice to romance, where they're genuine, and it's like... Starstruck. Starstruck. I've heard of Starstruck. Let me write that, because I've heard that was good, and I keep forgetting to check that. I always see it on my HBO to watch list, and I need to watch it. Also, Intergalactic on Netflix. I haven't watched buddy. that yet. Oh my yes, gosh. I, I, listen, if you do end up watching it, and you make a video... Please let me guest on it. Okay, definitely. I, I love Kid Cudi. Like, I'm a huge Kid Cudi fan. So, I would love to just, like, talk about it. Like, because I've been meaning to watch it, but I've been putting it off. Because so many of my friends are creators, and I'm like, the first person to, to do something, please, let me know. But, yeah, I think romance is making a little resurgence. It's just not as big of a resurgence as, like, you know the superhero movies because people are we're constantly battling for people's attention with superhero movies and you know mm-hmm. like i said romance films are cheesy because that's just the default for romance films and some superhero movies are cheesy too like black adam like people kind of being upset that it's not like black adam is a black panther y'all please it's a dc movie it's as good as it's gonna get all right yeah, that's what Black Panther was uh, Black Panther. Uh, Black Adam was actually pretty good for a DC movie. Yeah. At first, a friend was asking me, and I was like, ah, it was okay. But then I thought about it. I was like, well, it that movie in comparison in comparison to some of the other stuff they've done, I, it it was pretty good. Listen, I've only watched out of one movie before, and that was Aquaman. Okay. Every <laughs> I have a lot of patience for bad movies, but with Aquaman, I was kind of like, I'm sorry, Jason Boy, you're you're not giving it to me. You're not giving. It's not. I'm sorry. But, you know, I I still don't watch Black Adam. I think that I need to go watch it with someone because I'm mm-hmm. not watching it by myself. There's Why some not? movies I will... I won't see it by myself because, like, for me to see a movie by myself, I have to actually, like, want to watch it. Like, I have to, like, want to, like, go see it and, like, be excited for it. Like, movies I wanted to see by myself but I didn't get to see was, like, The Barbarian, The Invitation, Black Phone. Like, those are movies that came out this year that I really Ooh. want to see. Everywhere, every, everything, everywhere, all at once. I want to see the movie so badly. I didn't get to see it because they stopped showing it at my AMC for some reason a week earlier than it was supposed to end. And now everybody I know has seen it. And they all love it. And I didn't get to see it. It's the same thing with Parasite. I didn't get to see that either. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm one of those people where it's like, I have to see the theaters. I won't watch it at home. I, I just <laughs> won't. I felt the same. Well, you named, like, Barbarian, The Invitation... Um, which, what was the other one you named? Black Phone. Black Phone, those were three that I wanted to see and I just didn't make it to the theater to see. I know Black Phone is on Peacock. I don't know if The Invitation and Barbarian on stream, but those are three that I was like, oh, I need to go see these, but life got in the way. So, yeah, I can definitely relate um, with those three, for sure. And all the movies are showing now at my local movie theater are not good. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to go watch 
Halloween ends. I'm not gonna go see Smile. Everyone keeps telling me Smile is good. I refuse to believe you. I refuse okay. to believe you. It's giving me Truth or Dare vibes. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I it's about also them. giving me like Malignant. Like everyone's talking about I Malignant. Seen, I that one. Everyone talked about Malignant. It was like, oh, this movie's so good because it was also the film was created or like directed, written by the same guy who did Annabelle. I believe I have to look that up again because I'm pretty sure like there was like some big name. Hold on. Mom. It was James. It was James Wan, right? But he yes. did the he did the Conjuring, which Annabelle is a spinoff of the Conjuring. I think yes. it was yeah, I think it was James Wan. He directed it, but the thing is that like that movie was not good to me. Like I did not like it. Like I was watching it and I was just like, this is not. I don't understand how I'm supposed to find this scary or good because I'm watching it right. Because I was watching it and I was like. I really want this to stop, but I need to know what happens next, because, like, this can't be happening. Like, this can't be going on. And I was just like, am I wrong? Am I wrong for thinking this is bad? And then Kenny JT made a movie about it, like, for her bad movies in a beat, and I was like, no, I was right. Because if she thinks it's bad, then I know it's bad. I'm right. You're wrong. You know? And also, Amsterdam is out right now, and I'm not watching Amsterdam. Yeah, I, I, I hate movies that have, like, a large cast of well-known actors, because that means either the movie's going to be very good, or the script is trash, and they just got the best people they could. It was like, watch the movie, watch the movie, watch the movie. Yeah, Amsterdam. So I was at a film festival last week, and I was talking to someone about Amsterdam, and he was like, because yeah, I haven't seen it, he was like, yeah, I don't like it. Um, I really want to see that one, too. I still might see it, but yeah, I, know I spoke to someone, they would like, they didn't enjoy it. I think that there are... There are a lot of movies we could talk about, but we have been talking. Yeah, we have not <laughs> talked about But I love it. But, you know, I love it on podcasts and, like, when the intro, they're talking about a bunch of other stuff. They're, like, 30 minutes in, they're like, okay, so let's talk about what let's we actually did <laughs> before. Let's talk about what we... Let's like you drop people in. Let's mm-hmm. like you drop people in. <laughs> All right, let's start talking about what we came here to talk about. Horror movies that we shouldn't have seen as children. As many people may have experienced at a young age. Uh, there are often times when your parents are watching a movie and you're not supposed to watch it, so you're in your room, or maybe your family members are watching a movie and you're watching the movie in the other room. Like, I remember once I was over at a family friend's house and we were all watching Shrek in one room and other people were watching, like, Insidious or, like, one of them other scary, scary movies in the other room and we couldn't watch it because we were too young. I was, like, 10 years old at the time, I believe. And, you know... We're going to sit down we're going to talk about movies that we saw when we were too young to see them that we probably should have seen. And I'm going to tell you right now, like, we talked about this a little bit before we got started, but I also did not know that Child's Play was called Child's Play. I just thought of it as, like, the Chucky movie. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you, for years I was just like, oh, I want to watch Chucky. Let's, let's watch yeah. Chucky. Like, I did not know it was Child's Play. And then, like, I was telling you, um... A Nightmare on Elm Street. I called him Freddy Krueger. Okay, let's watch Freddy Krueger. Yeah. <laughs> let's watch uh, Michael Myers. Like, let's uh-huh. watch Jason Voorhees. Jason, you know, it's just funny. We we did not. It was years before I knew like what the actual franchise title was for many of these show, these movies. I have to say, with Nightmare on Elm Street, I really just like I couldn't sleep after watching that movie. Oh, yeah. Like. It's the worst thing ever when you're watching a movie, and it scares you, like, to your core, where, like, you can't even do the normal things you used to be able to do. Like, I remember watching Supernatural, and, like, there's a one episode called Bloody Mary, and I, like, I couldn't look in a mirror 
I couldn't. Like, after watching Candyman when I was young, I was like, nobody I was just candy. about to bring up Candyman. <laughs> nobody say so, Speaking of movies that we should, we watched when we were too young, Candyman was definitely one of them. So I had two sets of cousins. Don't like, say the name again. Okay, right, right, right. There were two sets of cousins. There were a set of older cousins, and there were a set of cousins that were around me and my sister Ashlyn's age. Uh-huh. So this young, this set that was around our same age, they watched Candyman and went. Oh God, I can't say his name. <laughs> they watched that one guy, Mr. Sweets. You know, in the original short story, I think he's called Mr. Sweets. We're gonna call him Mr. Sweets. So they were watching that one movie about Mr. Sweets. They were telling me about it, and I was like, this doesn't even sound real. Mm-hmm. I know we were like, I had to be like in the second grade, third grade, watching this movie with them. And what someone thing that traumatized me, you know, the first one, there's that story about that little boy who goes in the bathroom. And, and I'm pretty sure that was the first Candyman movie where he goes in the bathroom and he's using the restroom. And Candyman cuts off his privates. So that I I could not I was so afraid to pee in any kind of stall or in public restroom because that's what happened in the movie. Like talk about something that, like you said something that affects your actual real life. That and like being in the bathroom and being afraid to look in the mirror, being afraid to open the mirror. So yeah, Candyman was definitely one of the first that I saw when I was like way way too young. Um, I was telling you uh, Night of the Living Dead, like the '90s remake of that. I remember. I remember freaking out because that same group of cousins, their older sister was with us, and she, I couldn't sit next to her. And I started freaking out, like, no, I have to sit next to her if we're going to finish watching this movie. Cause, as if that was going to stop me from getting eaten by zombies right. if the zombie apocalypse happened. Like, yeah, those two, Candyman and Night of the Living Dead. I was like, oh, God, I can't. I, I like, look, I can't. Like, as a kid, I watched them, but I'm like, what was I? Who, where, were the, where was the adult supervision? Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing about it is that, like, Watching these movies when you're younger, you just can't help but be like, this is a documentary. This is for real. No, 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 you don't understand. There was a man with a mask that looked like a ghost walking through the suburbs, terrorizing people. Like, there's truly a man in a town where every single night, the same night, every year, he's just out there killing people. And I just want to be happy I don't live in that town. Like, you watch these things and you're like... I don't, I, you can't tell me it's fiction. <laughs> like, you're right. kidding, like, you can't tell me this is fiction. Like. You know what? I, I'm a huge fan of, of, of and, it's, and it sounds weird, but I'm a fan of true crime stories, mm-hmm. which is messed up because, it, which is a lot of fans of true crime, and it's messed up that we, like, use these horrific situations as yeah. entertainment. But, but I feel like there's definitely a kind of, there's like a, a correlation between Absolutely. kids who re- watch horror films and who become adults who love true crime. Yeah. Because you think about it, it's not, like you said, we watch it like it's a documentary, then you grow up and discover true crime, and you're like, well, that's not too far off. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, you know, what happened in Scream is not, there's some things that are super close to Scream and Halloween and things like that. So, um, yeah, you definitely... You know, it was just funny how you word it that we watched as if it was a documentary and then grow up and there are all these documented real life cases of similar stuff. And there are also people that love watching true crime documentaries to the point where they somehow idolize the people who've done the crimes. Like with Jeffrey Dahmer and that whole series coming out and then the Jeffrey Dahmer tapes coming out as well, like after the series, they're like, I feel like I'm not a huge... I used to love true crime, now less so. And I feel like the show did a good job of showing just how, like, off people's rockers. Like, people took their rockers and they were off... Like, they were on 
Hinge. They saw Jeffrey Dahmer as like some kind of hero or some guy like Michael Myers. Like Michael Myers is a fiction. He's not real. He's in a movie. Jeffrey Dahmer is a person who killed people and then and his ate victims. them. Yeah. And his victims were, and that's the most, even more importantly, his victims were people, real people. And who, the families really of the victims murder. are real. Really grieving, well. yeah, really grieving. Is yes. what, so yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, like, it's fun to watch these horror movies and just kind of, like, see it from, as a movie. But when people have to relive those real, like, horrors, it's a thing completely different. And I think that a lot of people just lose the, the cognitive dissonance to be able to tell the difference. You know, like, right. John Wayne Gacy is not some kind of, like, interesting character or whatever. Like, people want to, like, hear both sides. Like, I don't want to hear the side of the killer. I really right, don't right. care about your origin story, how you got to be this way. I don't want to know how you were bullied and how this led to you. We were all bullied in middle school. Yes. No one, not a lot of people had it easy. All right, you will see me out here stuck in the streets looking to run up on somebody. All right, and throw them in the back of my truck. Absolutely not. First of all, don't even drive a truck. All right, I drive a minivan. Not even that, but you know, y'all ain't finna catch me out here in these streets. Y'all doing the most, okay? And yeah, but. Horror movies as a kid, um, I don't know, there's just something, like, exciting about watching a horror movie when you're a child. There's something exciting, because you're, like, watching it, and you're like, ooh, I shouldn't be watching this, but it's, like, super scary, and then, like, you're super, super scary, and it's like, ah! It's not the same when you're an adult, because now I watch horror movies, and I'm, like, analyzing the film, I'm, like, reading too deep into it, I'm like, okay, if I was in this situation, what would I do? Yeah. For real. What was I do? Like, I watched Ready or Not, and I was like, hmm, I'm not going to have this problem. Because I don't even date white men. You got it. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like you, yeah, it's like you make it logical. Like, you see, that was her problem right there. Mm-hmm. That's her first issue. Mm-hmm. That's what she messed mm-hmm. up. <laughs> Say, well, get out. Leave the people alone. Hmm. Yes. My case against interracial dating. The same with the invitation, too. Hmm. Invitation. I can see that one. I like that actress. I feel like she's so so underrated. Uh, I'm sorry. Now I don't want to go. Out, I want to go off on a tangent about Game of Thrones. But like, you know, she was in Game of Thrones. <laughs> she was in um on the Hulu show. What is it? Four weddings and a funeral. Oh, was it three I weddings and a funeral. It's four weddings. I haven't even watched that show. That was Mindy Killing, right? Yes, that was so good. That I was so good. That. It's, it's only one season. She was the lead on there. It was really good. Um, I feel like that's where I really just grew to love her because yeah, I hadn't even finished Game of Thrones yet. I watched her on there, and then I went back and rewatched Game, like, well, finished Game of Thrones, I should say. Um, but yeah, that actress is underrated, so shout out to The Invitation. But, um, what were some other ones that you saw as a kid that you, you like, looking back now, you're like, uh-uh, I shouldn't have been watching that. Um, I feel like there are a lot of them that I did see when I was younger, but I'm going to be honest to say, like, I when I was younger, I never really watched movies all the way through. I would start watching them, and then, like, mom would call me to do something and I go and do it and I go back and watch the movie and I never really got to finish it like Jennifer's Body was a movie I've only half watched three different times before but that's because it would be re- th- it would like Jennifer's Body would be like on FX there's like a rerun for some reason FX had this weird summer where they only showed like Megan Fox movies like they showed Jennifer's Body they showed the Transformers movies I don't know I don't know who at FX had a crush on Megan Fox probably everybody 
But <laughs> I saw Jeffrey's body a couple times. And I have to say, like, each time watching it, I was just kind of like, oh, she's a vampire. And I didn't really, like, get it until I was older. And I, everyone was, like, breaking it down. And, like, there was, like, the whole... The whole renaissance of Jennifer's body, everyone loving it, and everyone talking about how amazing it is, and like the renaissance of Megan Fox, which she deserves, because she's really great. And I loved her in New Girl, too. I think her being a New Girl really did, like, help her, like, like, humanize her as a person, but also just, like, she's very funny. Like, she's very pretty, and she's a good actress, but she's also, like, very funny. And I wish she would break up with MGK. I, I sincerely wish. <coughs> I don't follow I don't follow her personal life, but I did I definitely enjoyed her in Jennifer's Body. Yeah. It took me forever to watch that movie though. That movie came out in what like two thousand nine? Yeah. It's such a two thousand nine movie. It's yeah, it, yeah, so... but it didn't blow up. Yeah. It didn't blow, I get what you're saying, it didn't blow up until like what, twenty tens, like late like mid to late twenty ten. Yeah, a lot later. Because I watched it like I wanna say twenty twenty. I finally watched it in like twenty twenty or twenty twenty one. But yeah. I loved it. And I was like, why haven't I watched this before? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love Jennifer's Body. I felt like that, yeah, that was a really good movie. But I was already like 19 by the time, well, when that movie came out, I was 19. And then, of course, by the time I watched it, I was in my 30s. Um, but yeah, that's yeah, that's a really good one. One I was going to say that I watched when I was younger, and I mentioned this before we started. I was watching the Scream movies. No, I watched Scream too. It was years before I knew there was, now... I knew there had to be a Scream 1, because I watched Scream 2 and Scream 3. But it was so long before, it was such a long time before I watched the first Scream. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, but uh, yeah, Scream, my mom rented Scream 2. Should have been watching that, but was so fascinated with this ghost face killer. Um, I Know What You Did Last Summer, that's another one I watched <laughs> as a kid that I shouldn't have been watching. I loved, I loved that movie because like it felt like a summer movie, but it was scary. You know what I mean? Like, I started watching that movie, and I was thinking, like, oh, it's just, like, a, a coming-of-age film. Watch the kids hanging out. And then it got scarier and scarier, and I was like, what was y'all doing? What was y'all doing? Like, what's happening? <laughs> I was so curious. I was like, I want another tea. I was like, ah, oh, what's up? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? Loved it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, was, I, had, I had made a list of, like, things that I watched. Oh, you know what really freaked me out? There was this movie called um, I don't know if you ever watched Did you ever watch 13 Ghosts? No. I haven't even heard that movie. That's a really good one. It, um, the only person I can remember who was in it that's like known uh, is Matthew Lillard because he, you know, he was in Scream but he's also in Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. Um, She's All That which that, that one movie we were talking about earlier was a remake that horrible Netflix movie. He's All That. Oh um, but yeah, Matthew Lewis and she's all that. But he's in this movie called Thirteen Ghosts, and it's about this, this haunted house. And of course, there's thirteen ghosts, mm-hmm. and they all have different like specialties. And like the the kills in that movie were just like extremely brutal and gory. Um, and it, it, I don't know. The I think who there was a rapper or the rapper rapper. <laughs> no, rapper. Um, I was it Remy Ma? That wasn't Remy Ma. Who was that? That because that. I didn't even realize that was her until recently. Somebody was like, "What?" It was, like, was like, "Oh yeah, you know such and such was in it." She was the nanny though. Uh, Remy Ma. Was it Remy Ma or was How it? How old is Remy Ma? Is it Remy Ma? Or am I getting her confused or something? Yo, what? You're lying, bro. You're lying. 
Do you remember the Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy? No, Rod Digger. Rod Digger. I don't even know who that is. Rod Digger. It was a fe- she's a female. Rod, Rod Digger. Rod Digger. She's a female rapper. I've never listened to any of her music. But she was in that movie. But she was really funny, though. Um, oh, did you eat it? And this was a Disney scary movie. But it, ooh, it was it was pretty intense for me as a kid. That movie actually did scare me because I didn't like elevators. Did you ever watch um, Tower of Terror? I haven't watched it, but I have heard of it. It's with Kirsten Dunst. She was a kid. It's like, it's very old. Kirsten Dunst was a little girl in that movie. That was a Disney Channel movie. But it was kind of frightening. Like, these people um, were in this elevator. They all just disappeared. And then you find out that they're in this hotel and they're haunting it. Like, oh my god. That, and you know, it's an actual ride at one of the Disneyland parks. Uh-huh. Yeah. The Disney World Park. That was another one that is like, even though it was a Disney movie, which means you know it shouldn't shouldn't have been scary. I was like, yeah, that was pretty, that was pretty terrifying to me. It's so wild to me when like Disney movies are actually like scary. Like they actually freak you out because like the Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy, that's a scary movie, but it's not scary because it's mainly like comedy. You know, like there are some things that are a bit like freaky and they'll creep you out, like the spiders and the grave and like you know, the butler and like the wedding. <laughs> like she's about to marry mm-hmm. a ghost, so like that's a little mm. But I've never watched that one. I've never watched that you've one. You've never seen the haunted mansion? That was my childhood. Cause isn't his wife like a reincarnation of the the somebody's wife or something? Supposedly. And that's how the and the ghost comes after her. So I kind of, I know the, I roughly like kind of know the plot, but I, I never, never watched it. It was so good. Oh my gosh, that was such a good movie. And which screen movie was it that had Omar Epps and Jada Pickett Smith? Because that, that was the, was the one, second one. That was the one I, I watched. Was the that, that was the second one. That one. That opening. Mm-hmm. I will never forget it. I will never forget it. Can I just publicly state what disappointed me about that one? Because. You know, at the beginning of the film, uh-huh. Omar Epps and Jada Pinkett are talking about how black people are usually excluded from the from horror movies. Yeah. Um, and so, like, as a commentary on that, they get killed at the beginning. So you know that in that one, Sydney's friend is uh, the actress Elise Neal. Mm-hmm. She plays Hallie. And I was like, they should have made Hallie a killer. Because mm-hmm. first of all, because early in the movie, they, they dismiss her as a killer. Because they're like, no, a black woman, or usually it's a, um, a white male, which would have made it perfect her to be one of the killers because the whole commentary was oh well you know they usually exclude African Americans so by killing two African Americans and then having one of them be a killer it's kind of like okay well here's here's the inclusion like I don't know I feel like there was a missed opportunity there but I feel like Elise Neal should have been one of the killers in that movie yeah I feel like it is also ironic that like they're going to go see a sneak preview of a movie that's based off the first movie of the yes, movie they're I in I love that yeah, like, and, and then, you know, Scream is, you know, especially the first three or four are known from that sort of the nod, wink, um, movie within a movie element that's sort of self-aware, self-aware, and, it's, and, it, and it made sense that the killer would commit the murders there, because of course, just like we saw, everybody thought it was a part of the premiere, and it was like, no, this is actually happening. That made it even more terrifying, like, you can be in this room full of people, something horrible is happening to you, and nobody takes it seriously. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous, because people thought it was, like, part of the movie. Yeah. It's That's like, oh, she's acting. Brilliant. It's like, no, she's yeah. dying. That's what I'm saying. Like, that that was actually brilliant. And yeah. That was that was a stroke of brilliance on Kevin Williams' part to open it up there. Did it have to come at the expense of two very good actors? 
<laughs> but you know what? Scream, I, I was, I've watched documentaries on Scream. Everybody wanted to be a part of Scream. So I feel like they probably loved being a part of that yeah. opening kill. So Sarah Michelle Gellar, who was really hot during that time because of, I know she means, because of Buffy, she wanted to be in a movie, so her character is one of the victims. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was like, the 90s were really like a heyday for horror, especially like like you know, like young adult high school set horror. Because um, yeah. we had like the faculty, which was also written by Kevin Williamson. I know, you know, you know, I know what you did last summer. There's one called Bloody Valentine, I want to say, or Valentine. Mm-hmm. There's also really cool. um, uh, there was also what was it? A uh, Heather's that came out in 1999. That was kind of like a horror. And the thing I love most about Heather's is like I just thought of this. Um, the thing I love most about Heather's is that like it came out around the same time as like all the other horror movies are coming out in the 90s, so it's, like, closer near the end. And closer to the end of the 90s, when it came to films, there's a lot of movies coming out that was, like, 16 Candles and, like, very happy-go-lucky teen movies. And a lot of the films, horror films in the 90s, centered around teens. Heather's from adults. the... Heather's is from 89, like, 88. Oh, okay. Okay, I got my years mixed up. But I feel like... You kind of get what I'm saying. That basically, mm-hmm. like a lot of horror movies centered around young teens and the adolescents and like them growing up and them like kind of finding themselves. And one thing that really does help bond you together is a serial killer. One thing that really helps bond you together is trauma. So right, yeah, yeah. trauma bonding is it's a real thing. Yeah, trauma bonding is a real thing. And you get that um, now with like Stranger Things. And the It movies, you mm-hmm. know, like the adolescents, the kids being young, and then, you know, scary stuff. Speaking of things that I watched when I was too young, It, the original um, television movie, definitely was too young for that, because I already didn't like clowns, and that movie didn't help that at all. I've never seen It, like any of the movies, because I know it's too scary for me. I know I, I know I can't do it. Like, if someone else would go and watch it with me then yes. But I just know that, like, that's too much for me. Like, me watching Candyman, that was hard. It was so horrible. Like, seeing Candyman was, like, insane. And, like, for people who don't know what Candyman is, it's a movie where there's a... This neighborhood, the Brini Projects, I think it Cabrini is? Green. Cabrini, Cabrini Green. Cabrini Green Projects. Which I believe is an actual... Or it, it at one point, well, I don't know if it's still around, but that, that was an actual... A um, lot like, of places in horror films are based off real places. Like, mm-hmm. 1468th Street, I believe, in, like, Nightmare on Elm Street, is a real street, you know. We have, yeah, we have an Elm Street here in Dallas, and for, like, a couple years back, for, like, two years in a row, they did, like, a Nightmare on Elm Street event. So, yeah, there's some yeah. Elm Street. <laughs> but, what was I saying? You were describing Candyman. Oh, yeah. Candyman basically is um, a film where there's a man, he has a trench coat, he gives sweets to kids, but also he'll sneak into kids' house, uh, closets and houses, and he'll, like, kill the children. And it's a very scary movie, but also, like, it's a kind of, it's a look into, you know... Are we speaking about the... Are we speaking about the 1996 version or the 2021 version? I was thinking about the 1996 version, but also, like, let's talk about the 2021 version, because 
<laughs> well, you know, he, he doesn't. Because you talked about how him handing out candy, and like they in the twenty twenty one version, they what they do with the Candyman mythology. There was you know a Candyman mm-hmm. that actually gave out sweets. But, you know, the original one, he was just you know, he was an urban legend, and he was in the mirror, and he would kill people who said mm-hmm. his name three times. So yeah, yeah. It's been a while since I've seen the movie, so I'm sorry if I got that wrong. But I do have to say, like, I love horror movies, and like watching them when you're young. There is, like, this certain, like, feeling in your gut of, like, this could happen. This is real. Because you're young and you're childlike. You have the imagination. And you just, like, are just there in the film. And when you're older, you're watching horror movies. And, like, it can still be scary. And it can still be like, whew. But it's not as scary anymore because we're grown-ass adults. And, like, there are scary things in the world right now. And one thing that I, I'm definitely not going to do is turn up at some random house and get locked up in a basement. One thing I'm not finna do is get an invitation to go across the seas to your family I've never met before. No. One thing I'm not finna do is if somebody's chasing me and I get in my car, my car will start, I'm not staying in the car. I'm taking my keys, I'm leaving. My keys, my phone, my wallet, I'm booking it. I know where the nearest gas station is and I'm going straight to it. You're not gonna get me. That's not happening. You know? And I feel like that's like my mindset now with horror movies, but then I watch horror movie remakes and you know you try to like remember how you felt watching the movie when you're younger and you know that the remake isn't going to give you that same feeling but it's also kind of like what's the purpose here you know what i'm saying like with the scream movies i love that courtney cox and i love that you know oh my gosh i forgot the actress's name hold on nev campbell i love that they're in the new scream movies I think it's great. I think the new Scream movies are actually pretty scary. Like, I think they're pretty good. I think some of the acting could be better. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Jenny Ortega is doing her thing. She is the new final girl. She is the new Scream girl. Like, she is our Scream queen. Her and Mia Goth, I believe it. Oh, yeah. 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 And, you know, you don't have the same feeling you have when you're younger where, like, there's an ex- anticipation and the excitement and the whole like whoo you know when you're young you're younger now when you're older you try to find the same thing with newer movies and i find it harder to find it with i find it harder to have that feeling with remakes you know with scream it's different with Candyman, it felt less of like a scary movie because there were scary parts to the movie but it felt more of like i feel like you guys are trying to do a mini series here and i didn't come here for this you know, like, I came here for a horror movie. I came here to be scared. Like, I love Nia DaCosta. I think she's a great director. And Jordan Peele is obviously phenomenal. But I think that Candyman could have been better. I think it would have been better as a miniseries. I feel like HBO would have picked it up. But, you know. Yeah, I'm probably in the minority of people who actually enjoyed the 2021 Candy movie, Candyman uh, movie. Um, I love how they sort of... It was a like they you know they're calling it a, calling it a spiritual sequel or the legacy sequel, mm-hmm. the requel um, that kind of reboots the series. So I like that they didn't completely get rid of the mythology established in the first one, but they said you know what let's now, switch it given, up a bit, let's change it. Yeah, give, and yeah, and given what was going on in the world around the time, like what if Candyman was really just like this? Because um, he is in this movie, they kind of introduced this concept of him being kind of a hive mind or kind of this hive, this amalgamation of like black pain. 
um, and people, you know, black men and boys who've died because of racism and discrimination. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really enjoyed that concept and that even the idea that the main character was destined to become a part of that. And um, I love that they kind of again, they kind of threw it back to the first movie. You know, in the first movie, Danny Man kidnaps that baby, and it's like you didn't think there was any special reason, but they kind of go back and say, hey, what if he actually marked that child? And here we are 30 years later, that child is a man, and he's destined to take over the mantle of Candyman. I thought it, I thought it, was, a, it was very interesting. Even the idea of them introducing him towards the end of becoming a, um, he's a, a weapon of vengeance. Um, I think that, I hope, I really do hope it gets a sequel, because I would love to see what they do with that, with the idea of him being a weapon of vengeance. And I think one easy way to keep him, keep the mythology intact is, I was watching some review. And I was like, well, yeah, Candyman is this monster who would kill you if you stand in the mirror and say his name three times just to play around. I was like, okay, if you do that, he'll kill you. Let's say, you know, there's a black person about, like, you know, we saw with his girlfriend at the end. She's about to be done wrong by the police. She called him, delivered justice. He's this weapon of justice, weapon of vengeance. I think they can sort of keep that balance of he is this, this monster that you shouldn't play around with, but if you genuinely are facing discrimination and danger... He, you know, you can call on him and appear to, you know, to protect you or just to, to you know, reap vengeance or whatever. So I, I, I have this whole idea of how those movies should play out. What did you think of in the 2021? And they tease this, and I think this would be this will be interesting in future films because the can as you mentioned, the Candyman myth has been contained to this small area in Chicago, this Cabrini Green projects. It was that one in the first movie, and then in the second, the sequel, the um, the 2021 version. It's also stayed relatively contained to that area. So you remember that one scene though, where the girl is about to film herself mm-hmm. saying Candyman, and then she gets distracted, distracted and stops. I want to see what happens when the Candyman, that Candyman urban legend in that world, goes viral. Because you know, in real life, think about it. People would definitely do that. Like, oh, this girl on TikTok recorded herself saying Candyman three times, and they found her dead the next day. You know, people would start trying that. And imagine people trying that in London, in China, in China. Like, what happens when he can go around the entire world? I want to see what that story looks like. That does remind so, me of the ending of Truth or Dare, where like the girl tries to like save her friend by like condemning all these other people to like carry on this curse, just so the two of them can run away together. And like, she bro- remember the end of Truth or Dare? I haven't. Yo, well, you know, it's been a while since I've seen that. I will never forget that ending because that movie truly stole away a good hour and 45 minutes of my time that I will never get back and I'm pissed about it but I think that that would be interesting I do think that would be incredibly chaotic it's something that would be very difficult to write into paper and I feel like um, there it would be interesting but also there are the people that don't believe in urban legends so it wouldn't, like, exactly... It would go viral. But, of course, there would be the people who were just like, this isn't real, this is stupid. And then there would be people who would actually try it and just kind of... I feel like if one person dies, that's enough to have one... At least a couple people be like, let's not do this. Let's actually not do this. I disagree, because horror movie characters aren't known for their logic. That's <laughs> like, true. Especially young, like, teenage characters. So... And, and I feel like if if, if you know people would do it because there's no other reason than oh let me prove how stupid everybody is like this isn't real let me try this 
I feel like that would actually be the reason so many people would die because so many people wouldn't think it's real and they would think it's some, um, you know. And I would love, like I said, I would love to see the chaos of that because how do you stop an urban legend that has now gone viral and is all over the world? I think that's the, that's the like the, again that would be the kind of the new story is how do you stop this force that yeah. kind of has kind of, that has been again relatively contained. Um, and, I, and I'm telling you the way. That scene played out when the character was about to film herself doing it, and, and they zero in on the phone. They zoom in on the phone, then they have her stop. I'm like, that's that's the sequel hook. No, you know, no pun intended. That's the sequel hook. They're gonna bring us back and show us what happens when it, when it is filmed. I do. Oh, but I, I, one of my favorite shots from that movie is the woman when she's like being held up in the air, and the camera like zooms out slowly, and it's so silent, but you can see like. And, like, the conjecture of, like, her being killed and then him, like, going to the dinner, leaving her apartment, it's like, oh, baby. Like, that shot alone, it was everything. Like, I love that mm-hmm. so much. And then, like, the shot of him in the mirror where, like, he looks at her and then he, like, looks down at his hands, but his reflection doesn't catch with himself. I mm-hmm. love those kind of shots. I love those, like, little nuances that you can, like, kind of see in the movie that are just kind of, like, you know, hinting at, like, he's disconnecting with himself, he's not feeling like himself, like, there's, like, you know, like, you're leaving the scene as a crime, even though it was very clearly you that did it, like, I like the little things that add to the story that kind of build up to what we're seeing near the end, and I do, I kind of hated the ending where, like, (laughs) they had Tiana Paris running through the hallway, like, it was, like, paranormal activity. She's, like, running. She's looking behind her. She's running. She's looking behind her. And I'm, like, girl, just run forward. Just run forward. Don't stop. Just go. Like, why are you looking back? Like, you'll know if he's behind you. You'll be able to feel him. Like, he can't run that fast. All right, please. Like, let's make a move on it, you know what I'm saying? But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that when remaking horror films, especially horror films that are folk that... When you're remaking a horror film that is from a while ago, and there's a lot of, there's like a cult following, there's a lot of lore behind it, there's a love for the film, you really need to approach it with, like, care, but also, just make it good. Like, there's nothing else I really need to say, just make it good. You know what I, like, don't waste my time. I understand the reason why people like to repackage the things that used to come in the past, because when you take a property that's already existing, it already has a group of people that like it, it has a built-in plot line, it has a set story, so then when you make it into, you know, modern day, you have 70% of the marketing done. Of course the studio's just gonna say yes, unless you roll with 30% to put in whatever else you want to put in. You want to throw in a gay person in there? Sure. They may die the next 10 minutes, but throw them in there. You know what I mean? Like, they, the studios are gonna let you remake, rework, reboot, rehash, remix any old movie into something else. Or taking any concept like uh, horror movies based on found footage or supernatural films and, you know, letting you run wild with the same old tropes that have been in every other movie. And there are, there are original horror movies coming out all the time, which is really great because Horror movies are one of the one is one of the one genre that's like they all look the same or like they're all completely vastly different. Like 
this year alone, there's been Pearl, there's been X, there's been... Those are my two favorite movies right now. Um, crap, I know there have been other ones. I know that Orphan was rebooted, kind of rebooted this year, but a lot of people have said the new Orphan film is actually really good. That's it's a prequel. Oh, a prequel. They love a prequel. So we got Orphan First Kill, Scream was relaunched. Dang, that was earlier this year, too. Mm-hmm. Christ, that was like January. Um, this has been a long year. I still can't believe that Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. Like, that was this year. Oh, I feel like that was this year. Oh, my. Not, not to even go off on that tangent, but I'm just like, I, I, when I think about that happening, I'm like, that was like early. That was like March, right? Mm-hmm. This, I feel like this year has been so long. Um, but yeah, like Scream, Pearl. Remember, uh, Fear Night? Fear Street? Fear Street was 2020. Okay. I do want to say, I was very intrigued by Fear Street because it was like a trilogy. But it was like dropped all at once. And when I like heard of it, I was like, of course Netflix is going to drop a trilogy all at once because they don't want people to wait for anything, of course. And like Netflix loves to use the binge model to their advantage. But I feel like it kind of worked. It worked really this, well with that yeah. one. Fear I, Street I, I, was I, good. I don't know, and it's so funny because I look at some of the other stuff they put out, and I'm like, I don't know. Like, for example, and this is a completely different genre, so I probably shouldn't even make this comparison, but, like, the two, all the boys I loved before, those three films, I don't know if it would have worked with those three. Like, Fear Street, it works, uh, my point is, it just worked so well with that trilogy, and I'm like, I, I'm kind of curious as to, could they do that again? I would really be curious if they try to do that again and see if it's successful. Because it's just like, Fear Street just came at the right time. The fact they were dropping them every Friday, three weeks in a row and that there was this interconnected plot, like, the actors were all great, like, it was just, that one worked, that trilogy just worked really, really well, and the fact that we're going into 2023, and they still haven't, like, made something else Fear Street connected is wild to me. The thing is, is that, one thing I think that really helped with Fear Street was that Netflix already had Stranger Things in the bag, you know? Netflix already kind of had, like, a solid... They knew, like, they know there's a group of people that's on their site that loves things that are scary, but they also like young actors. They like nostalgia. So, when you bring in these movies that, there are three movies. They're all over an hour and 30 minutes. But when you break that up into episodes, that's like a season and a half of Stranger Things. So, of course they're going to watch it. Of course they're going to sit down and enjoy it. And they kind of have all the elements of Stranger Things, almost. With, like, the horror, the slight possession, almost. The young people, the kind of, like, dating, romance, whatever the frick. And it's just that Netflix understood their audience and they know what they want. And I think Fear Street also came around the time where, like, Stranger Things was on that really long hiatus. So they're like, we need to keep people entertained. It was in the summer. Yeah, it was summer 2020. And yeah. in that second one, they had one of the Stranger Things actresses on there, so that helped too. Oh yeah, Sadie. Yeah. Sadie Sink. Yeah. So jumping back though to where we are, um, jumping back to movies you shouldn't have watched as kids. I thought of one interview with a vampire. That would have been five or six years old when that came out. Oh. I definitely should have watched that when that came. Like I should have been watching that, but I did. I remember sitting there watching it with one of my aunts and my mom. Um, and I bring that up because, you know, the, the new show is out. And I've been watching that because I'm going to review it. But, um, yeah, Interview with the Vampire. I, re- I, I re-watched the, the, Tom, you know, the Tom Cruise and Brad 
Pitt movie, and that movie is so dark. Like, a six-year-old shouldn't be watching this. But I did. And it was terrifying. I haven't seen Interview with the Vampire. Um, I have been watching the new AMC show for it. Mm-hmm. I have only watched the first episode. It's very good. I'm very excited mm-hmm. for it. And it's one of those things where an adaptation turns into something that's like actually really good and very interesting. You know, like I support that. And there was one horror movie I saw when I was younger. It was An American Werewolf in Paris. And that movie was less scary, more sexual. So I definitely should have been yeah. watching it when I was younger. But I did. And I'm not gonna lie. When Tumblr started doing the whole werewolf boyfriend thing, I was deeply triggered. <laughs> I was like, oh, do you know about that? Uh-uh. I've never seen it. I've never watched that. I've seen clips of it, but I've never no, watched it. No! Do you know what Tumblr and the Werewolf Boyfriend? Uh-uh. No. Were you on Tumblr? You know what? I wasn't on Tumblr. I didn't get on Tumblr a whole lot, like, during his heyday. So I, I like, missed that whole Tumblr heyday. How lucky are you? <laughs> How blessed <laughs> are you? I missed that whole Tumblr. I felt like it, it, it but I, I hear people talk about Tumblr and the threads and stuff mm. they were on there. I'm like, I feel like I missed something. You I ain't missing nothing. You ain't missing nothing. I'm going to tell you yeah, that I, right now. Like, Tumblr is still around, but I, I don't ever hear people talk about it. It is still around, and trust me when I say you don't want to go back on there. It's just a bunch of people on there who are like, eh, no one's here on Tumblr. We're all here by ourselves. I, I do remember, though, people making a big deal when Tumblr, Tumblr got rid of, and I won't say what it was, but there was yeah. something that Tumblr got rid of. And I was like, is that what Tumblr was for? Like, Some I did not think that. Some of it and I was, was like, I remember seeing the Twitter, the Twitter, Post when Tumblr got rid of, you know. And I was like, if people watching, you can look it up. I, it's not too hard to figure out what we're talking about. Yeah. Just, Tumblr got rid of a certain genre of post, and people were pissed off about it. Yeah. It's not so that, that it up. was like everywhere, it was just it was more accessible on there. Mm-hmm. And they didn't really have any restrictions on it. And a lot of people just like to post about their Patreon on there. So that's also what kind of, like, brought in a lot of people there. And also, like, fan fiction, fan art. It was See, that, that I heard about a lot of fan art and fan fiction on there. That's what I, I was like, okay, that's mostly what it's for. But that's, that's why I was so shocked about that other stuff. Because I'm like, that site probably draws a lot of kids to it. So that's pretty messed up that people are putting all this other stuff on there. Yeah. It was um, it was a fun time. Crazy time, you know. It's just gonna be fascinating. Like generations from now, people are gonna be studying our generation, like Tumblr. Oh, it's not even Tumblr. generations. It's now. Yeah, you're right. It's now, cause like there are kids on TikTok that are like rediscovering like Supernatural, cause the Winchester show is out now. So there are people who are watching Supernatural and like, oh my gosh, what is this? And now like me who survived 15 seasons of that show sees people like reintroducing themselves to it or like like the resurgence of it all it's just kind of like why won't you let me rest why won't you let me live and breathe and find peace why oh why is this here that's pretty fascinating just think about some kid out there started watching you're gonna start watching season one of that show and genuinely love it because it was good back when it first started. And on and the one hand, I'm like, oh, this is going to be such a treat for them when they realize there's 15 seasons of this. 
But then when they really start watching it, like, for me, I'm like, past season five, you're going to be like, oh my god, there's 15 seasons of this. Like, what the hell? Each season brings in something new and something different. And I'm not going to say, like, the show got bad after season five. I'm just saying that it was, it was different. Like, and see, and yeah, that's kind of the point I was making about the MCU. I was like, naturally, if something goes on for so long, yeah. you have to keep introducing things to keep things fresh. And I understand that. But at the same time, it's like, okay, really? Like, when I heard about the whole um, the Supernatural, because I hadn't stopped, had stopped watching it, but I heard that they introduced something called the Men of Letters. And, like, yeah. I thought the, the concept was cool. Yeah. But then it was like, oh, not only are there Men of Letters, but Dean and, and Sam are... are um, legacies because their dad's dad was a part of it and it's like this whole thing that they didn't know for all these other seasons and suddenly this comes about and i'm just like okay really i'm not gonna lie because i'm not surprised by it mainly because like dean and sam didn't know anything about their dad their dad probably didn't even know anything about that really and also like and I, yeah, and I, yeah it and doesn't I think make that was... sense that the dad was connected to the man of letters because the dad wasn't the hunter. It was the mom. The mother see, was the even, hunter. Even in this new show, aren't they kind of, um, they're retconning it. Because, like, now he knows about hunting. Like, but when she was alive. Because, yeah, originally, he didn't find out about it until she died. And yes. That's when we, and, I, and I remember being shook by that season two finale when Mary walks in there and sees the demon. And she, like, lunges toward him. I'm like, oh, she knew him. And she was about to fight him. like, so like that's what I'm like that's what I'm confused about the Winchester is what I'm saying I'm like is is this a retcon is this an alternate reality the only I can, supernatural I can accept that the only supernatural spinoff we needed was Wayward Sisters and for some reason no one wanted to pick it up nobody wanted to buy the plot the CW didn't want to make it but sure let's do the Winchesters I heard I like the Wayward Sisters I feel like it had potential I heard that they didn't pick it up because they also, you know, um, the originals got its spinoff around, was getting its spinoff of Legacy. Yeah. So I heard it came down to Legacies and Wayward Sisters and they went with Legacies. Because um, the, the vampire show is going to win. Like, it, it, and I understand that, but it's, it's kind of crazy because when you look at, like, longevity and credibility, Supernatural obviously wins out mm-hmm. over the Vampire Diaries. So you would think that the fact that it was a spinoff of Supernatural would have helped it. Not, I feel like they could have done both. Give them both a season and see who does best. They probably would have been surprised. I feel like Wayward Sisters, had it been given a season, it probably would have ran a couple years. Hell, it might still be around. I feel like Wayward Sisters would have been really good, especially if you brought in new writers and not the same writers that have been on Supernatural for so long. Because the way they would have eaten up, the way they would have bent over backwards to connect every single episode to Supernatural and have both people watching Wayward Sisters and Supernatural and like... Obviously, the conventions for Wayward Sisters would be unbelievable. But I'm I'm sad that Wayward Sisters never happened. However, all the actors who are supposed to be on Wayward Sisters are doing their own thing now. So it's not really that sad. It's still, like, I miss it. It was a missed opportunity. But it would have attached me to a fandom that I was already, like, not really a part of anyways. You know, like... After so many, there are only so many things you could, you can, you can, you can, there are only so many things you could stomach with a TV show, where you get to a point where you're like, I'm, actually, I'm good. Actually, I'm off this. I'm gonna go watch Winona Earp, because at least they appreciate me over there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm good, off th- I'm off this, for real. And I do recommend that everybody watch Winona Earp. It's a show, it's on Netflix, it was on Sci-Fi, I think it ended. But it's about this girl, when she turns 26, she's the herb heir. She kills demon in the small town called Purgatory. It's funny, it's interesting, it's supernatural. It's actually very funny, and it's very, very good. 
and there is a queer couple in there, and they live. I'm just letting y'all know they live. Alright, so. You should watch it. Okay, I don't know if you can hear that, but it's raining really hard here in Texas. Like, oh I, like, I hear it now. Oh my god, like, <laughs> I'm looking out my balcony like the, I'm like, oh my god, it's like really coming down here. So sorry about that, everyone. It's fine. It's fine, it's fine. Flooding over here. We're having a great flood here in Texas. Oh, gosh. Um, Final Girls. I kind of want to, like, talk about that. Um, I do think Jenny Ortega is going to be the new Final Girl. I am interested to see, like, what else is coming. Oh, I was also saying earlier, um, horror movies are, like, one of the only films. It's the only genre where there is something new and interesting added with each film. Like, Invisible Man, I feel like it's so good. It's, like, so... It's completely different, because Invisible Man, if you guys don't know, is a movie with Elizabeth Moss starring in it, and basically, there's a man that's haunting her and scaring her. And I think, like, he is her ex-husband, in a way. Like, after... Basically, um... You're talking about the newer one, right? Not the... Because, you know, there's also the the classic, like... No, The Invisible Man that came out in 2020. Basically, the synopsis says, when Cecilia's abusive ex, you know, unalyzed herself and leaves his fortune, she suspects his death was a hoax, and a series of coincidences turns lethal. The police refuse to believe her, so she has to take matters with her own hands. And, of course, this movie is kind of, like... A representation and a metaphor on domestic violence and domestic abuse and well written well acted as much as Elizabeth Moss is a Scientologist who at every single event she goes to starts recruiting people uh, she is a good actress like she's a really good actress and I can't fault her for that and it's a shame that like this movie wasn't didn't get like an Oscar a SAG award, a Golden Globe even, maybe oh, a no. Hollywood Film Awards, because for some reason, y'all don't want to watch horror movies, and I don't know why, because they are the most creative films in that genre, like horror movies each time are so creative, each year, so different, so new, so innovative, Jordan Peele has shown us time and time again how you can switch it up each and every single time, there is Get Out, Us, Candyman, and Nope. What has he given to us that we did not love? Not a single thing. So, what is genre it? films? Yeah, genre films have notoriously been shut out of awards. Just I was like, oh no, they would never. You know, very rarely do they give a genre film its, its praise. Also, all the biopics that are coming is. out this year are literally going to be the only thing nominated. There are several biopics coming out this year, and I'm saying this right now. I don't mean to be a hater. But if Ana de Armas gets nominated for anything from Blonde, we are going to have a serious problem. That movie is not even a biopic. It is a biopic based off of a book by a woman who did not even know Marilyn Monroe, but wrote a book based on her life by not knowing her. It is literally fan fiction. It is a movie that is a biopic based off fan fiction. It's not good. And also, Ana de Armas, I love you, but the acting for Marilyn Monroe in this movie was not it. It wasn't. Don't watch it. It's not good. Yeah, I've heard people saying it's not good. Y'all need to leave Marilyn Monroe alone. Please, let her rest. 
Leave her dress alone. Leave her story alone. Leave it alone. Please. She was through enough when she was alive. <laughs> Y'all putting her through the ringer in death, too. It's not fair. It's not fair. <sighs> yes. But, um... So, what's the... Do we have any more? Do we have any more films from childhood? And a couple of last few... You um, have any... think I do. I do have to say that, like, I'm very happy that, like, horror movies are still something that people, like, watch and check into. And I'm very happy that, like, there are a lot of newer ones that are coming out that are different. Like, one movie that came out, I think, 2020 was Freaky. And that movie was very different. It starred Catherine Newton, who... She's a newer actress. She... I think she was a. She was supposed to be an Ant Man. She was one of the like last actresses that was like, up for that role as Casey Lang, but I think Homegirl from Thirteen Reasons got it. But she was also in the Pokemon movie, and she was in Blockers, and she was a supernatural. That's what I know her from. But Freaky was a movie where like a young girl switches bodies with like a grown ass man. <laughs> and the grown man is a serial killer too so it's it was hilarious like I love when there are new horror films that come out that are different that are interesting and like it doesn't have to be innovative it could be something silly like Happy Death Day I love that movie cause like of course you want a Groundhog's Day movie with a little horror element to it and like sometimes there are movies that come out with like a new spin on it like Truth or Dare and it's just not as good. It just doesn't. It just doesn't hold up. But I do love though. I agree. Like I do love when, because like you said, Happy Death Day is really just Groundhog's Day, but it like has a horror element. And I feel like some of these fresh and original movies, like they're not just super complicated, com- complex. Like they're very simple. Mm-hmm. Like um, even um, uh, the movie you just mentioned with Ka- uh, Catherine Newton, Freaky. Like just hearing that concept of Freaky Friday, but this mm-hmm. girl switches with a serial killer, like. That's not just like, I mean, it's not something super outlandish, mm-hmm. but again, it works. It works well, and, there's, and it was really fresh and exciting. So I feel like, again, like, you know, because uh, people talk about it, um, how horror, like, horror movies, you know, they talk about how everybody wants to do a remake or reimagine something, and people really love fresh and original ideas. And I'm like, I really wish Hollywood would turn more to those ideas, like, of things that are fresh and new. Like, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. It can be a very simple premise and concept. As long as it has a great story, people are going to respond to it. Yeah. I absolutely agree with you. And I don't think there are any other movies that I really saw when I was younger that I shouldn't have seen. I mean, we said Child's Play. Um, I Know What You Did Last Summer. I want to rewatch that movie just because Brandy's in it, and like her being one of the only black women, one of the only black people to like live. At the end of the movie, we'd love to see it. I also love Brandy. Yes, yes. So yeah, Energy Day last summer too. Yeah, she was really good in that. Um, I'm trying to get. I have any other one? There was this one TV movie. I, well, I saw it. Was I saw it on TV? I don't know if it was ever released in theaters. It was a in the 80s it was called the waxworth that one terrified me mm-hmm. it's about these people who went to this wax museum and if you fell into like if you stepped into the exhibit like say if it was an exhibit of a werewolf 
who actually traveled into that scenario and got attacked by a werewolf and killed. Like, that movie was terrifying. <laughs> that was another terrifying movie. I went to, to the Wax Museum for the first time in 2021. It took that long because of that movie. Mm. Like, I would say that's my, probably my last one that I'm like, yep, I probably... Oh, and Final Destination. Oh, yeah. Final oh Destination had gosh. me afraid... Had me afraid to do everything. Oh my had gosh. me afraid to do everything, anything and everything. People who liked Final Destination and also the show A Thousand Ways to Die, it's not a Venn diagram. It's a circle. Yeah, like that. They're all the same people. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because the way that I cannot drive behind a truck with them poles, I can't do it anymore. That's a meme. That's an entire internet meme. Everybody's like, well, I see this. We know what to do. Get over Get away from it. Yes. Like, like, I can't even drive past, like, a 16-wheeler on the highway. Like, if they start doing the turn, I'm like, no, 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 no. I either got to speed up or I got to back up. Like, there's nothing. Yes. There's no in between. Like, I'm not driving. You got to get away. This yes. is the point of you. Like, uh-uh. got to get away from this. But those oh, yeah. movies, especially the first two, were really good. And, like, they were really good and entertaining. Even that concept was, like, fresh and new. Like, oh, yeah. And in our way, it kind of made sense that, like, yeah, death has this design. And when you screw that up, it's kind of circle back and course correct things. And I'm like... Yeah, that's actually a pretty good idea, but of course, infinite sequels always ruin things like that. But those first two, I thought, were really, really good. Especially because those were the two that were uh, closely linked together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, infinite sequels will definitely be the one thing that will, like, take away the flavor. You and that, know? In, horror movie, in horror movies, the horror movie genre is, is, is inf- infamous for that. Yeah. Um, but there's only the so many times so you can kill somebody. There's only so many times you could do something. Like with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Like where it had Freddy versus Jason. How do y'all know each other? I'm not gonna lie. I liked it. When I was a kid, I loved Freddy versus Jason. Because there's that one movie, Freddy Goes to Hell. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that, uh, no, Jason Goes to Hell. At the end of that, you see Freddy Krueger's hand reach out and pull, it, pull you know, his mask into the ground into hell. And I always thought that was intentional. And apparently they, they, like, they did Freddy versus Jason, but it wasn't like... Like the whole thing in Freddy and Jason Goes to Hell was just like a little funny crossover reference. But it, I guess it did obviously plant the seeds for Freddy vs. Jason. But um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed Freddy vs. Jason as a kid, even though it's terrible. When you look back at a lot of like horror movies you watched as a kid, you think about like, oh, I was so scared, I was so frightened, and you realize like, this was bad. This was actually yes. garbage. And the fact that the I was scared was... of this is like, an assault to my intelligence, even though I was like ten. Yeah. Oh yeah. Plenty of movies I've gone back and looked at. I'm like, oh my god, the production values alone are t- as yes. an adult. The production value alone is taking me out of this. I'm like, ugh, that that wig looks terrible. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like their wigs are always dry. No one's ever brushed them. It's like they took them straight to pack, put them on there, be like, get on set, go. <laughs> There's no tender loving care on those wigs. Yeah, but um, I guess I guess that's all we have to talk about. But we're gonna go into our last segment, guys, which is uh, I'll pass, which is the segment where we talk about movies and TV shows that we're going to be passing on. Um, the new season of The Crown is coming out soon on Netflix. I have never watched the season, and I will not be watching it now. I am not yeah, interested, and I do it. not care, because let's be perfectly honest. The British monarchy 
is known for going around to other cultures and stealing things that do not belong to them. The British Museum is literally like an exhibit of, look, we are the greatest thieves of the world, and you can't even take your own shit back. Because if you do, <laughs> try me. You could try, but you shouldn't. And with Britain dealing with an economic crisis, with many people not having enough money to buy and eat food, and them shutting down <laughs> the whole country for a week because the queen died, I mean, rest in peace, but also like, girl, you know what you did. You know why you're leaving that billion dollar mansion to your children. Don't play with me. Like, your family tree is a circle. So, how about you, uh, pipe down? Yeah. Um, not interested in the crown. I've never really been a fan of the monarchy, so to speak. We do stand Meghan Markle, but that's basically it. So, you know. And I know that I'm going to be seeing, I've seen so many commercials, so many ads on YouTube for it. And I know people are shoving it down our throats, especially because the Queen, you know, dropped before Frank Ocean did. But I just don't care. You know, it's not, it's not for me, I guess. It's not my cup of tea, so to speak. Do you ever, have you ever seen The Crown or have you ever been interested in The Crown? I've never watched The Crown. Um... I've never watched The Crown. I'm not really interested in it. Um, I watched a clip of that show, and it was how they were treating... You know, they treat Diana like crap. Everybody knows that. Like, I was watching this clip. Mm-hmm. It really just turned me off the show. But I think it was more so like a trigger. Because I was kind of triggered by how they were treating Diana in this one scene. Mm-hmm. Where she's, like, standing in a group of these people. And she's, like, introducing herself and doing her bows with, like, oh, no. They're like, no, you're not supposed to say anything. You're supposed to say that to that person. They're standing in a circle, and Charles is, like, laughing, and Diana is obviously, like, becoming more panicked as this is going on. And I was like, see, watching, like, certain stuff just I can't watch, because, like, that type of humiliation and treating people like that, you know, I would say it, it triggers me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, after watching that clip, I was like, no, I can't do that shit, because I'll be pissed off. And the, and the stark reality of how they treated her already pisses me off. But, like, watching that show and, like, reenactments and stuff like that, I'm like, no, no can't do that. So no, I have no interest in the crown. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely pass on that. Yeah. I will also pass, I think it started, Ryan Murphy's American Horror Story New York. Um, I heard the summary of that, and I was like, what, are, what is it with Ryan Murphy and killing LGBTQ characters? Like, what is it? What, what, somebody, I saw a tweet that says, somebody needs to study that. And I said, no, for real, somebody needs to study why he keeps making stuff around that specific plot point. Like, Hey, people getting killed and murdered horribly. Like, no, Ryan, no, no. Someone needs to explain to me how. Give it a rest. How is it that everything Ryan Murphy makes is bad, and yet, and yet, he still stays booked and busy. He's still working. Jeanette Mock literally had to go off on him and everybody at FX as to like her not being paid as much as he was, even though she is much more talented than him and much more accomplished than he is. Like, we don't care about Glee. We do not care. I say this. I feel like with Ryan Murphy shows, in my opinion, they start off well. I feel like... Because I was a fan of Glee, I feel like Glee started off well. I feel like... Um... Okay. No, 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 no. Let's be honest. Let's be honest here. Glee was bad. 
Well, okay. Well, like, well, I'm just saying for me, from my my honesty, is that hmm. it started out well. So we all have our opinions. So other no, people, I, feel like I think we can I feel all. Like, I think we I feel like it started like, well. Because well, nobody can speak for me, so I'm just saying for me. <laughs> Nobody's gonna tell me that that show didn't, didn't have potential when it started. Glee <laughs> was good the when potential? it started. I don't care. Season three, I would say, I mean, season one through three were iconic to me. They were so good. Now the other ones that came up season three, I don't, I don't know. But yeah, oh, after graduation? Season, oh my gosh. Yeah, after graduation of like that of the original bunch, I wasn't really <sighs> feeling. I can't watch it, but it wasn't great. Even American Horror Story, like seasons one, two, three, like Coven is iconic. You can you I would go to my grave saying American Horror Story Coven is iconic. Like that one was so good. Um Murder House was good. Asylum was good. American Horror Story, what I will say about that, because of the concept, like you can hate one season and love another. I feel like once it got to like Roanoke, which is season six, I feel like it was just downhill from there. Roanoke, isn't that like the theory of the whole town that disappeared? Yeah, so, and, yeah, and like, and if you watch American Horror Story, Roanoke, like, the concept is that it's the first several episodes of, like, a reality TV show reenactment of something that happened to an actual couple, and the big plot, to, I'm sorry, spoilers for anybody who hasn't watched that, I'm about to spoil Roanoke for you, so the first couple episodes is, like, one of those, um, almost like one of those true crime documentaries where they have actors reenacting a situation. There are so many spoilers in this episode. And they're interviewing the real people. And then the twist halfway through the season is that 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 show that we were watching, the show within the show we were watching, blew up. So then they do a sequel to it where they send both the actors and the real people back to that haunted house. And then the rest of the season we see that playing out. I feel like I like that concept in theory. It just, again, the landing, they didn't stick the landing. Um, You know, Apocalypse was good. It was a sequel to Murder House and Coven. I enjoyed Apocalypse. I enjoyed American Horror Story Apocalypse, but yeah, I'm not messing with that show. I've never watched. Uh, Watch what? No, you can go ahead. Oh no, so I'm not messing with that show again until they do another Coven sequel. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't watch American Horror Story simply because it just looked too scary for me. I did see a lot of actors that I liked in it, but it was just not enough for me to like actually sit down and watch it because seeing those commercials. Like, American Horror Story is always one of those one shows that had, like, the unskippable ads on YouTube, and I hated that. But Ryan Murphy, like, him having one of the largest development deals with Netflix and him being described as, like, one of the most powerful men in modern television truly pisses me off. Because I, for the life of me, cannot sit down and watch anything he makes and like it. Like, I, I, I can't. I don't know what it is. Like everything he makes is messy. Everything he makes is over dramatic. Everything he makes is like has uses like not even like lingo, but like just strange language that's supposed to be like lingo. And, like the thing about Ryan shows is like other popular T V shows will take Gen Z slang aka african-american vernacular english otherwise i was aave <laughs> and yep, yep. they will like shove it down our throats as if it's casual normal human conversation that people have which they do not have and trying to throw in things like lol fml in there and trying to throw in topics that they saw trending on twitter every so often into the show like one show that did it well was insecure and they didn't even like bring in trending topics it was just like a genuinely good show about being dating a 
about being black, about having career and friendships and friends that grow and change and are different. And that show did it so well because it was written by people that were living that experienced it and knew what it was like. And that's why it was trending every single week whenever it was airing. And that's why everybody wanted those hour-long episodes. The only hour-long episode we got was the finale, which wasn't even like, I don't want to get into it. But a lot of shows lack that. And the only thing that Ryan Murphy really gets... The, the only thing Ryan Murphy really does well is, like, his shows are popular, people will watch them, and they'll start trending, but they're not of subs. They're not good! I don't know what to say! Like, how is it that you, as a gay man, are killing gay people on your shows? Is that not homophobic? Is that not yeah, like, like... What is see, going and, on? And I think that's a good question, because, like, is, is it because a gay man is writing it? Does that mean it's not homophobic? Oh and I feel like I feel like a part of the thing is, because LGBTQ characters have notoriously been excluded, because he's writing shows that include these characters, it's like, okay, well, let's say he's a horror writer who wants to write stories with LGBTQ people because that's his community. Then it's like, can we really say, I get on one hand, it's like, can we really say he can't kill them? So, and I don't mean to contradict myself, but I, like I said, I think at this point, though, he, he does it so often that it's like, and maybe it's just because Dahmer just came out this year, so I'm like, okay, you did Dahmer this year, and now AHS New York, I'm like, bro, give us a break, like, give He also did The us... Watcher, like, he is the director Watcher. and writer of The Watcher. There's one thing I'm going to say about Watcher, I, I, that might be something I'll pass on, um, because I don't, I don't know, people have been saying it's really good, now, I, I watched the BuzzFeed Unsolved episode of uh, Watcher back in 2020 um, and, that, and it, that story really did creep me out and it was like it was a very good story um, and I, I know it, it, it you know, it's, real, it's true crime it's a real experience but I don't know I'm just kind of like mad on watching the show I'm gonna be honest with you I started watching it last night I'm on the last episode I, I'm telling you right now I don't want to finish it like the show doesn't it follows the Ryan Murphy formula of bringing in a good premise Something that's interesting, building up the hype, and then somewhere along the way the the plot filters out. The characters See, are happened. like strange. You throw in some random actor in there who like, why are they here? Like Jennifer Coolidge, I love you, but she's not a dramatic actress. She's a comedic actress. Her strength is in comedy, and it's very clear when you watch this because a lot of the lies she delivers, they're unintentionally hilarious. It is so funny how much she wants them to sell that house. It makes me laugh sometimes. Like, I'm not supposed to be laughing at her, but I am. Because she's a comedic actress. Like, that's just what she does. And then, by the middle, you're like, this should be done by now, but it's not. You introduce something that's completely unnecessary. Why is this here? Why are we going down this route? Now you're bringing in something that doesn't make any sense. What the heck? Now we're at the end, and I still feel like... It's like when you have... It's like when you, like, eat soup. And he expects it to make you full, and it doesn't. You're not full. You're still hungry. But you have food in your body, so you shouldn't be hungry anymore. But you're still hungry. That's how I feel after a Ryan Murphy movie. I've seen so much, I've taken in too much, and yet still, I'm not I'm not satisfied. I'm actually angry. I'm actually pissed. I'm actually ready to fight somebody. There's no substance. No, there's nothing in there. It's like eating cotton candy and then being like, oh, well, that was just air you know i feel like ryan murphy has talent but you anything he has ever made that's actually good it's simply because there are talented people there contributing to it 
You know, mm-hmm. that's why Glee was so good. That's why Pose was amazing. That's why 911 is so good. It's because there are talented people behind the scenes actually driving towards that production and making it good. You know, Glee is still something that stands the test of time. Even though me looking back at it, I can see that it was cringy. You know, something that I loved in my middle school years. So, like, I do regret to a point. But a lot of people still love it, and I do give them that. And, like, the Jeffrey Dahmer show, that was good at some parts some parts i will argue could be taken out like the whole montage of him working out in his glistening body like we didn't really need that but that's because ian brennan is also a co-writer of that series and he was also a co-writer for um glee as well like he's a longtime collaborator with ryan murphy and ian brennan is also a, a writer for the watcher but he didn't really help that much in that regard i'm not gonna lie but you know, I will say Scream Queens is one of the things that Ryan Murphy made that I actually kind of liked. I like the first season. Yeah, the second season, I didn't uh, even watch it. Like, I love Kiki Palmer, I do, but I was not going to... I'm not... Mm-hmm. No. Also, he has a lot of TV shows. Like, when you look at everything he made, there's yeah, a like, lot Ryan here. He has, like a, he has an empire, for sure. Yeah, it's like... Um, Glee, American Horror Story, The New Normal. The New Normal, I actually wish continued on, because Nene Links is a good actress. I feel like that could have been really good. Like, The Normal Heart, I never even saw that. I think it's a TV movie. TV movie, yes. Yeah, it's Scream Queens, American Crime Story, Feud. Never watch. Oh. Oh, you know, I want to start watching that, because that's... He only did one season of that, and I'm really... I I thought that was going to become, like, a new anthology series. But, it's um, supposed yeah. to be, because season two, it's still on, like, on, the Wikipedia no. says 2017 to present, which means that he couldn't make a season two. Yeah, because I would say, he did Feud, like, back in 2015, 20, like, it's been a long time since he made Feud, but that Feud season one is finally on, I want to say it's on Hulu or on Amazon, and I've been, I'm glad you said this, I need to watch that. He should make a second season of this, because I feel like there could be other, there could be I love his... I love his old Hollywood, and I'm just fascinated with old Hollywood, so that's one reason I want to check out Feud. That's another reason why I really enjoyed um, Hollywood. He also did Hollywood? the movie Mr. Harrigan's Phone, so I guess he's leaning more into um, horror now. I need to watch Mr. Harrigan's Phone. I'm supposed to review that, actually. I'm so behind. Mr. Harrigan's Phone, phone is kind of giving me, like, Cell vibes from Stephen King. It's an old book for Stephen King. I think it's from the... It's an, adapt- it's an adaptation of Stephen King. I do know it's an adaptation of a Stephen King book. That might be oh. it. That has, that has to be it, then. I also do think that this movie is kind of like one of those films we watch where it's like, these kids, they're always on their phones. They're always staring at the screens. Social media. And it's like that, but like horror. It's like, see, if you didn't look at your phone all the time, you wouldn't have died. See, it's that damn phone. That's what killed you. Hmm. It's like that. You know, that's what it's giving me. Alright. Well, we've established that we're all going to pass on Ryan Murphy and anything he's going to make for the next ten years. Because apparently this man will never be unemployed. Because they keep giving him things to do. They keep let this man making things. He does have a five-year deal with Netflix of $300 million. And he's going to use all that money. Yeah, he's like, oh, he's gonna, he gonna earn that entire check. Mm-hmm. Now I'll give him that. Ryan said, I'm gonna earn that check. Y'all he got said, me messed up. He said, I don't care if you're about to go bankrupt. 
Evan, I've got everybody in the cast for American Horror Story. We all finna get our back. Alright? One thing I said about that Evan Peters, that man, he gonna stay getting his bag, and Ryan Murphy gonna help him. He and everything. Evan Peters needs to do something like happy. He needs to be like pushing daisies. He needs to be in, gonna, like like I need him to be in a romantic comedy or something. Please. You know what I'm saying? I need him to be in a romantic I need him to be in several romantic comedies. Evan, I, if you if this reaches you somehow, please give us a romantic <laughs> comedy. Imagine please. Evan Peters like being like, Oh my gosh, new romantic comedy idea. The ugly white boy who's like, No girl likes me. I'm just a nice guy, blah blah blah, blah. Kinda like um what was the movie? Love Game with Jimmy O. Yang and Nia DeBrev where like basically he kinda catfished her. Oh, that was like yeah, that was last year, right? They came out last year. I'm not it, gonna though. lie, when I saw that trailer I was like, We are not doing this. This trope is dead. And you cannot do this not with an Asian man. What are we doing here? Like you gotta be for real right now. Like but if we did that with Evan Peters, I feel like I would understand. It also would bring the creepy element of like why is this scruffy little white boy stuck in people on the internet? Like, because he does look like one of them scruffy little white boys that be stuck in people on the internet, you know? Mm-hmm. Them scrunchy, dirty, musty boys. Like, Evan Peters, don't you want to be happy? Don't you want to do something that makes you want to smile? Don't you want to do something fun? Like, are you okay? No, for real, bro. Are you good? Because... I was on Tumblr at a young age. I remember, I didn't watch American Horror Story, but I saw the memes. The way that women, the young girls, literally are like, oh, Evan Peters, he's like so hot. It's like his character killed his mom and his sister. You guys are deranged. This is why you guys like true crime so much. You are unhinged. This is why you want to be Manson girls. I cannot. I don't understand it. No, there's a yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of people running around who would have been Manson followers, Manson d- disciples. Like not even just women. I feel like there's some men too out there. Listen, like the, the, I'm just the gonna say it. Me that every day. I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna say it. Johnny Depp fans. <laughs> Look, it's right there. Also, Marilyn Manson fans, because that man is a monster. And the way that some people be going up for that man, y'all need Jesus. Not even Jesus. <laughs> like, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All three of them. Like, oh my gosh. Oh, you need the, the Trinity. The Holy Trinity needs to slap some sense to y'all right now. Because, I, like, y'all just say anything you want on the internet without any kind of abandon, any kind of shame, no reprieve, <laughs> no kind of, like, thought process behind it. It is sad. It is disturbing. It is strange. Yep. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Hopefully, I forgot. You remember the movie The Prom? With our the favorite, prom. our favorite comedian, oh, James yeah. Gordon? Uh, The Prom, yeah, he was, that was, that was, was that earlier this year or was that last year? It was 2020. It came okay, out. yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. That was a Ryan Murphy production, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really did look like a Ryan Murphy production, too. Like, it really was glee for adults. Hmm. I do say, if you do like glee, you should watch Zoe's Extraordinary Adventure. I think it's on NBC. I only watched season one. I only watched the first episode. Because I was kind of like, I'm off this. But everyone who has watched it has told me that it's good. So, 
I might check it out. I know it has a fan following because I know NBC canceled it, but then they're bringing it. Somebody's doing a TV movie. I do remember saying that. Somebody's doing like a TV movie to wrap it up. So I know that has like a devoted fan base. That's one of those cult shows that like has like a devoted fan base that like, you know. If the really only reason why there. I'm probably going to finish it is because Harvey uh, Gillian is in it from What We Do in the Shadows. And if he's in it, I'm watching it. If he's in it, I'm watching it. That's it. That's all. I might have to give it a look. I might have to try to retry that one. But, hey, thank you so much for having me. This is fun. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about horror movies. And, talk, and we talked about everything. I mean, we talked about everything. So that's literally, what was fun about it. Literally. <laughs> you know what, guys? Thank you so much for watching this episode of... Um, thank you so much for watching and listening to this week's episode of I've Been Meaning to Watch That. Uh, feel free to check us out on Instagram. Uh, check us out on Twitter. We are on Anchor. We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends. Tell your family. No, 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 no. All the things. That's it. Thank you so much. See you next week. Bye. Bye. That's the end of the recording. Thank you so much for coming on, though. I really appreciate Thank it. Thank you for having me. Thank <laughs> you for having me. That was fun. My other, so I haven't uploaded my, to my YouTube channel in like six months. And then with Geek Dive Nation, I haven't done like several of the last podcasts. So I feel like I was a little rusty, but I enjoyed this. <laughs> I really enjoyed this. Thing. No, I definitely get it. Because like, once you like start getting into like creating content, you have to like do it like it's a job. And that's so difficult to oh, do when real. you're not getting paid for it. Like, right, and then when you when you actually have a job and just other commitments, it's like, do I really feel like filming a video today? Because then I have to yeah. edit it. And it's like, you have to film it, but the next day you have to edit it, and then you gotta, like, post, make clips, and then post it, and then promote it, and then tweet about it, and, like, oh. share it, and it's like, oh, look, I got ten views! Yay! Like, I've only just now figured out how to work SEO for YouTube, and it still doesn't work. Like, I have one video that's, like, 2,000 views, and I'm like, oh, this is so cool. And I have one video that has, like, five views, and I'm like, alright, maybe the next one will be okay. <laughs> maybe the next one will be better! It's like I was surprised. I, I started my YouTube channel earlier that like earlier this year. I did it so I could review Scream, mm-hmm. but then like I some of my Scream content took off. So I think the the I have like a video with like four thousand something views only because it was like an I did like a seventeen minute video mm-hmm. right doing an overview of the original Scream twenty twenty two script. Mm-hmm. I talked about things that had changed from the script to the original movie. And, you know, people, a lot of people out there don't want to read. So I feel like that's the only reason that, that one got so many views. People are like, <laughs> okay, if he's going to tell me what it, the difference is, then. But I was right. proud of that video. You but, should yeah. be. You should be proud. Like, when you put in the work and, you, like, you see the result from it, it really is gratifying. But then it's like, okay, back to work. Back to work. Yeah, it's, it's like... Um, yeah, you have to, like, keep at it. Because once you, like, fall off, it, it, once you get back into it, it's like riding a bike. It's like riding a bike. It's kind of like, oh, frick, I've been out of the, I've been out of the game for so long. Yeah. And I've also learned, like, because I, I know I've been told this before, like, even the algorithm kind of, if you were making videos and you it was kind of promoting them and you stop and come back, it kind of throws that off, too. I mean, it, it's something I was doing for fun. And it's funny, I was I really wanted to do video essays, but I started doing TV and movie reviews. But I, I, I literally wrote that this weekend. I was like, the whole point of starting my YouTube channel this year was to do video essays. I want to do a video essay before this year ends. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my focus going into November, December, just producing one video essay. At least getting one out there this year, because that was my whole goal. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if that happens. Writing for these websites and 
I'm a, you know, all that stuff now. So, being involved in film critic associations, we'll see. I'm trying to get more into like, um, the film critic like circles, and I'm trying to like get more mutuals that do that kind of stuff. That way, I can have more podcasts like this, but also like grow my audience. I just really suck at the social media thing. Like, I really do. Like, I really, like... I have, like, a whole Discord server I don't go into. <laughs> like, I I could really be better at this shit. Like, I could. If I just, like, took the time to, like, figure my shit out. Because I used to do this as a job. Like, I used to, like, manage Discord servers. And I used to be people's social media managers. I used to be people's assistant. I was, like, a Twitch mod, a Discord mod, a Reddit moderator. Like, I did this, like... For a long time, and like doing it for myself is not the same because, like, when you do it for yourself, it's like, oh, please watch my stuff. It's good, I swear. Do I think it's good? Uh, I, I, I don't know, but I think you might think it's good. It's like, <laughs> it's like learning well, to have confidence in yourself and stuff like that. It's yes, and that's the thing, like having confidence in yourself and confidence in yourself to put it out and to keep going and to keep going. When you're only getting five views, like. Mm-hmm. And then just finding the time, like, that's another thing. Because it does take a lot of time. That's why I said, like you were saying earlier, making the video, editing that, putting it up, promoting it. Like, that's just, I, I, I admire people who, who do this stuff full time. There's a lot that goes into it. I think a lot of people don't realize how much goes into it until they try it themselves. Especially if you really, really want to be successful, you have to put in work. You can't just yeah. upload also, a video and it's going to come to you. It also takes, like, years. To like mm-hmm. get something yeah. sustainable, and like most people, they do this, they don't make any money out of it, they don't gain anything from it. So you really have to be able to do this and do it for yourself, and do it because you're confident in what you're making. Because if you don't have that confidence or that drive, and at least have the consistency to follow it, the consistency is key. Because once you just stick to it and like keep at it, even when you like hate the sound of your own voice, you eventually something's going to come out of it. Eventually something has to happen. Like, you can't keep posting out, like... Unless you're posting out garbage, (laughs) something has to come out of it. That's it. Right. Right. Well, again, thank you so much for having me. Um, This was super fun. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I'm glad I kind of got me back into the podcast. (laughs) And you you have a... What what time is it? it, it, Yeah, well, I imagine it's 10 here, so it's probably around that time where you... I was going to say good night. It's around 11 o'clock, so... Okay. Your hour ahead of yeah. me. All right. Well, you have a good night. Mm-hmm. Um, take care. I would love to come back in the future. So listen, <laughs> hit me up when you want to do the intergalactic video because I'm okay, gonna be cool, done. Cool. Cool. All right. Okay. Sounds good. And you know, I would love to have you like next time. Um, like when, when Geek Vibration just started, like we used to do this Friday wrap up show called GBN Roundup. We'll do like different specials. I'm gonna tell Jawan that I want to invite you on. If you can oh come my in, gosh. And, like, yes. do a panel with us. So yes. that's the good thing that's fun when it's multiple people. We're like going around, and like, yeah. what do you think? What do you think? If yeah. people can like debate, so it'd be cool to have you on for one of those two. I would love to do it. Hell yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna pass your name along to him, pass your information along to him, and so he'll definitely want to, because because he's type. He loves having people on, so with him you have to be careful because once he likes you <laughs> and once he sees that you enjoy it, yeah. he, you'll be in the you'll be in the group chat. He'll be like, "Hey, you want a podcast? Want a podcast?" I'm like, I'll be like, bro. Oh, yeah. yeah, let's go. I'm like, bro, bro, we just spent three hours in there last night. I can't do another three hours the other night. But like, <laughs> no, I know that he would love for you to come on. I'm like, I said, like I said, I warned you because when he likes you, once he sees that you're down, he's gonna uh-huh. be <laughs> your butt gonna be on there every day with him. But I'm I mean, down. If you, yeah, hey, that's all, that's all he needs to hear. 
so yes, I'm gonna have him reach out to you and tell him we had so much fun. So it'd be cool to have more panelists on. Okay, awesome. Cool. All right. Well, you have a good night. Take care. Good night. Uh, <sighs> we did good. Okay. Oh, what's this?